Yo, what's going on, everyone? We are live once again, Respiratory Podcast 103, hosted by myself, Charlie, and Rob Sir Paragraph. And today we're going to be talking about a very, very interesting episode of AEW Dynamite that definitely had it had a couple ups, but it definitely had its downs as well. It had some questionable moments. It was it was an interesting episode. It's the word that I've been using the past day or so for it. So, uh, yeah, we're going to get into that. Ric Flair has signed a multi-year deal with AEW, which, of course, has been quite the decision. So we're going to be talking about that, getting your takes on that as well. So send you Super Chats and all that stuff. Uh, there's been some Kyrie saying WWE news. And, uh, yeah, whatever else, I'm sure you guys have got a lot to say. We've already got quite a few Super Chats, so you can tell people are feeling very very opinionated today but first things first please like super like subscribe send any super chats if any questions any takes that you may have turn on the post notifications hope everyone's doing well so i mean my fellow co-host ao has lost his smile he was booked <laughs> but we knocked on the hotel room and he wasn't there so you know um praying for ao he's he's lost his smile man he's lost his smile it's been a tough day to be an AEW fan, and we all know AO is a loud, proud AEW fan, which I'm not sure about that second part at the moment. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so Rob has stepped in because he's, he's, he's what he does, brother. You know, he's he's good worker, you know, and we need good workers. So we've got another good worker, and we've got Rob, myself, Charlie. How are you guys doing? Rob, I'll start with you. Appreciate you stepping in on late notice. <laughs> No problem, no problem. You know, um, I don't. I know everybody since I'm like a big WWE fan, probably the biggest on the channel besides like Bronte and a few other. You are, and I'm like, no, I am. Um, but I, I know everybody's expecting me to be like, ha ha, like all that. But I'm just like, I'm more confused by the move than anything else. Because as I know, you be fun as well. You are, we make our jokes Rob of Stanford and Rob of Orlando, but you are an AEW fan as well. AEW literally saved my wrestling fandom when Shayna Baszler was fighting Lily on Monday Night Raw. Like, it was really bad. (laughs) So, like, like, (laughs) and then New Japan was bad. And so it was just like, but now I'm I'm sitting here at a point as an AEW fan, being like an AEW fan mode, it's just like, why? Like, what? What can Ric Flair give you that when you okay? First of all, when you're supposed to make a a billboard fucking headline signing, it's supposed to be of a game changer of somebody who can has 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 these intangibles that nobody else has, like a Will Osprey or a fucking I don't know, like with the rollout you did for the elite. What does 77 year old Ric Flair with a fucking with a shock machine in his chest? What can he do that nobody else on the fucking roster can do? What can he do? Truly bizarre stuff, you know. Um, I'm not, I was genuinely surprised, especially the multi-year part of it, but we're definitely going to get into all that because there's a lot to uh, unpack with that one. But Charlie, interesting day. <laughs> How are you doing? It sure has been a day. I'm doing okay. I'm doing pretty good outside of the wrestling bubble. It's been a pretty good day. But... um. Tony Khan really did drop some news, didn't he? Did. <laughs> it was, well, I say Tony Khan. I first saw it from the AEW press account, and mm-hmm. then it just exploded. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dynamite last night, it happened. It was on. It, yeah. 
This is going to be it's a fun podcast. took price, <laughs> you know. I've seen, it, I've seen it through. Uh, I've seen it through SRS, and I'm. But I'm not joking when I say in like ten minutes, it had like a a quarter of a like a fucking thousand quote tweets in like five yeah. minutes. It was really bad. Yeah, that shit. I like. I refresh. I refresh my timeline, and it was just a wall. The uh the AEW official announcement of like the AEW tweet announcing Ric Flair's been signed, which came like an hour after. Like the news was already kind of old on the time mm-hmm. line, but then like it came like 30, 45 minutes after everyone else had already posted it. Right, and even that's got like one thousand one hundred quote tweets. <laughs> But yeah, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. Definitely questionable. And we're going to question it. Um, We're not just going to be like, oh, AEW's bad, blah, blah, blah. We're not going to do that. We're going to try and have at least a a productive, interesting conversation for you. We're going to obviously get all the live chat and the super chat so you guys can throw in your kind of piece of the conversation because... You know, some people are being overly dramatic. Some people are coping and pretending everything's fine. Some people are just being weird. So, uh, like I said, it is definitely an interesting conversation to get in. Then you're throwing the Ric Flair thing, Tony Khan's announcement. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's been it's been a it's been a funny day. You know, Wrestle Votes and PW Insider have been going at war. <laughs> you know, it's a uh, Oh, I saw some of that earlier as well. I was just like, what is happening today? Oh. Like, what is in the air? <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's been a hell of a hell of a day. But listen, like I said, we've already got quite a few super chats, so uh, we're going to let you guys get started. Uh, Karan, 200 rupees. Jericho closing the door on the world champion to keep a top guy away from him was a nasty metaphor of AEW <laughs> booking. <laughs> When you, when you put it like that, I guess, I guess there is a, <laughs> yeah, that's a valid that's a valid super chat right there. Yeah. Uh, oh come on, B- big shows knees <laughs> four ninety nine. AEW is more cooked than tall Paul's knees. Tony, take care of Rick's mm. money problems in private if you so please. He don't need a contract and TV time in twenty twenty three. Dude, I wish I had a picture on hand of Big Show's knees. It's like really bad, like. Dog, it's, we're, we're gonna get spinning. to it. Slip, <laughs> by the way, we're gonna get uh-huh. to it. Manny the Hoople was definitely getting some tweets off as well, which oh, I do not co-sign because you can class them as spiteful, but they are, uh, you know, uh, an element of entertainment somewhere in them. Anyway, Will Chisel, five dollars appreciated. Does Tony really believe that that was a big surprise, or is he trolling, bro? I think. Just to quickly before we actually get to it, and when mm. we do the show review, he's like, I just, I just think that he doesn't have. I think he's just surrounded by too many yes men, bro. You know, yeah. He's like, oh yeah, this is the answer, and everyone's just like, yeah, that's sweet, bro. Oh, yeah, that's fire. It's just like, who was no one, in, no one in the room said, well, hold on, bro. You, you say you're gonna do these announcements all the time, and with time, the audience have grew to learn that it's not that interesting sometimes, and they can be underwhelming. And this is the most underwhelming thing you could possibly announce, you know? <laughs> like, why is there no one to say that to him? I don't know. Maybe the Dean and Tony ignored them. I don't know, man. But Bro. maybe he was trolling us. I don't know. Everybody all day was like, maybe it's going to be Mariah May. Maybe it's going to be. No, it's just combo tickets for a show a year from now. <laughs> Bro, yeah, crazy. Listen, I can see the logic of announcing it on TV. 
but you don't need a graphic for it. Just have commentary talk about it. We didn't need yeah, Tony Khan yeah, to be yeah, telling like, us about uh, it. Yeah, WWE, like, when they, I think they don't need, like, the Rumble tickets, it was like, oh, as as reported today in People magazine, and it's just, like, Corey on commentary yeah. as, like, fucking graphics are flashing up. Like, it's not, you don't have to be, like, this announced announcement and get... Because you know what, fan... Tony Khan absolutely is more than well aware that of how wrestling fans, his audience, are going to take. I've got an announcement for you guys. Yeah. Like he knows, yeah. you know, he's seen it play out a million times because, unfortunately, it's became like an AEW trope. You know, where it's like, yeah. oh, Tony's got another announcement. It's like, how can you give a fuck? Especially after now, no, especially mm-hmm. after last night. Bro. Every single time he has, an, every time he announces, he's got an announcement. It loses a little bit of. You know, it loses something, and now it's like in the ground, bro. Like I, I've seen more fucking more important the little shits that they throw up for uh, Excalibur to talk about in the corner of the screen. I've seen more important announcements in the corner of the screen by Excalibur than what he announced last night. Yep, I don't... baffling stuff, mate. Baffling. Uh, Anurag hundred rupees. MJF as champ has become a face identity of a. MJF has become the face identity of AEW in a way, and his stuff is our WWES, which are spilling all over to the show. In a way, AEW has lost its identity. Me, Joe, and Ibra on Worldwide have spoke about AEW kind of losing their identity for like mm-hmm. months and months and months now. It's like we've also said that it's it would be great for them to kind of reestablish and re-figure out whether that's Tony Khan and his head people in a room and just kind of just figuring out, like, who, what is AEW? Because I think they've kind of lost the sight of that recently and it's kind of uh, this weird mishmash of content. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I said it on the watch. I'm not going to say much on this. I said it at the end of the watch long last night, yo. I, I started, I, I got mad, Monty, and I started ranting at the end of the watch long. I can't lie. <laughs> And I said, I was like, yo, I watch Raw on Mondays and I watch Wednesdays to not watch Raw. That's not what I said, but I, I don't remember exactly what I said, so I'm going to say that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, whatever, you know. I watch Mondays for Raw, people, not Wednesday. There you go. It's very unfortunate. Um, all right, let's keep powering through. Half, two pounds, appreciate you. Hashtag fire Jimmy Jacobs. Hashtag fire Pat Book. Hashtag fire XWWE producers. It's spiteful, you know. Uh, you can't change reality, just your perception. 499, appreciate you. <laughs> Ric Flair drip, but woo on a bitch, woo. 5790, spent a coupe on my wrist, ice. <laughs> Someone do the ad libs, man. Morty Million. <laughs> Multi million dollar. I'm a fool with the hit. Hey, there you go. That song goes crazy. Oh, dude. I thought, yeah. yeah, it's a good sound. It's, it's unfortunate in this time, you know. And you rag 100, 100 rupees. All the other feuds other than MGF don't have a proper follow up or aren't given proper care and time. It's frustrating when Wrestle Dream build was fire. Um, Wrestle Dream was, I think, I think it's me and Ibu on the Wednesday show, or maybe it was just a private conversation we was having. We was talking about like. AEW were put in a position between All Out and Wrestle Dream where they had to be very focused with getting from point yeah. A to point B because they only had three or four weeks until the next pay-per-view. So it had to be focused. There was no time to fuck around. There was no time to throw all kinds of shitty filler into the show. But you had to really figure out how you was getting from point A to point B for these feuds to make sense on the show. 
and um yeah it, it, it definitely it definitely reflected in the products like you saw really focused concise builds to what we ended up getting at wrestle dream even if it wasn't the most exciting amazing legendary memorable feuds it was still focused you know um yeah, yeah so I, I understand i understand the frustration of where we are now you know so I don't know, man. There's a lot of AEW fans are very frustrated right now. A lot, a lot of them. Uh, and your rag again. Appreciate your 100 rupees. Weekly show will drag until they hit reset after full gear. I'm out until my goat dragon returns. At least I could enjoy his weekly quest before he retires. Bro. Yeah, Brian, Brian being How many team. times have we said this year, when they reset at the pay-per-view, everything will be great? I feel like I've said this 17 times this year, and they've had, like, seven pay-per-views. Like, when is enough enough? AEW <laughs> yeah. hasn't had a good reset since after Brawl Out. I, then, bro, I don't know. even... Yeah, I was going to say, like, right. really? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even then, it was... That's when it just became the Jericho and Muck show for, like, two months or something, you know? Um, that was solid. It's a varied success, in my opinion, but anyway. Yeah. Big shows now. <laughs> Big Show's name is 499. Oh, Big Show getting a match because him and Double J, the only guys doing local promotion. Too many on the roster happy doing the bare minimum outside the ring. I don't even know if that's actually necessarily on the talent because from my experience as someone who has, like, you know, obviously I'll reach out to like, AEW's media team and stuff like that and we try and get interviews cleared and stuff. And I'll be honest, bro, AEW are very weird with interviews. Like, Judge, especially judging from the evidence that I see as well, look, I don't have any experience dealing with WWE, but you can tell that WWE are a lot more chill with letting wrestlers just kind of do interviews and stuff. Like, you see WWE wrestlers just doing interviews throughout the year. It doesn't necessarily, like, yeah, they might ramp them up on the lead up to a pay-per-view or something, but wrestlers do the interviews throughout the year. With, with, with AEW, it's more like, you'll reach out to them. Like, I reached out to AEW a few weeks ago and was like, can we try yeah. and set up some interviews? And every single time when you message them and it, when it's kind of like in the middle phase of like in-between pay-per-views, always say, message us before the pay-per-view. Then it seems like, we've, from our experience, WrestlePurious experience, it seems like they only want to do interviews with us leading up to a pay-per-view. Um, whereas we know, we know full well that there's a bunch of talent on the AEW roster that directly want to do interviews and stuff with us, you know? Um, and even when we have, it's like even even the MJF thing, man. It's like we had to kind of just like do that and then get it cleared after. And even then, it was like we got only got questioned about it, but it ended up being okay because we did like you know we did take the proper measures to get it out there. But yeah. AW are weird with the interviews, bro. They are like, obviously for the local thing. That's something that people have brought up quite a lot recently. Um, that they should do like more local you know, radio stations and local promotion and stuff like that because it worked so well for Grand Slam. Big Show, as you've mentioned in the Super Chat, done some recently. Um, I don't think this isn't a... I don't think this match is a reward for that, though, to be honest. No. Um, I think, I think, yeah, I think this is just something he wanted to do. It's just Jericho. I think it's Jericho. <laughs> yeah, I think... <laughs> I mean, Jericho, Jericho wants to wrestle with his pal. Yes. Obviously, the big shirt like Paul White does want to wrestle again. Like he has, he's said yeah. it in like pads and stuff. Always at least hinted towards that sort of thing. So it's not like you know, it's something Jericho is like dragging Paul White out of bed to do. Paul White wants to do it. Um, 
But I'm sure Chris Jericho is the reason why it's in such a prominent spot. Like, you know, he's going to be in the same ring as like Kenny Omega and that. So it's like, oh, brother. Oh, I'm sorry, brother. but the we'll get to it later. But like, just the visual of Big Show stood next to Kota Ibushi is the funniest. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the visual last night because no, was, no, no, no. I mean, that, that was, was wild. Nothing. But, but we will uh, get there. Yeah, in answer to the super chat, oh. AWR just—they're just kind of—they're—they're they're just strict, bro. They're just quite—they're just yeah. very strict with their interviews and how they go out and when they go out and who they go out with. Like, I think it's very clear to tell, even as a casual AEW fan, like they love using Sports Illustrated. Well, that's just yeah. like, that's who they go to, you know. No hate on Sports Illustrated; they're fucking ten billion times bigger than us and more <laughs> successful than us. I'm not saying we should be in their spot, but um. Yeah, it's very controlled the way W does it. Whereas WWE, I'm sure it's still ha- I'm sure it's still controlled, and they're very well aware of it. Like, you know, I don't think wrestlers are going around just doing interviews willy nilly without telling the office. But you know, it's it? like, yeah. you just see more of it. Like, you just see more. Like, people like Big Show <laughs> and Jeff Jarrett, they get referred to as like brand ambassadors all the time. This is the sort of thing they were hired for. So it's yes. not really like the other talent probably do it like when as and when they're needed to, but yeah. like these are the guys that were hired to do this sort of thing, and clearly for a reason because it's working. So, bro, also it's just like I shouldn't. How many times have they been to New York, and how many wrestlers have we seen on Hot ninety seven? I we shouldn't just be seeing wrestlers on Hot ninety seven for Grand Slam, bro. Like mm. do more local pro. Bro, WWE had Rhea Ripley and Austra- Xavier Woods in Australia for like two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. It, it, it's it legit how so locally, obviously, obviously locally it goes without saying. I think the most recent example is obviously the the huge spike in Grand Slam tickets when MJF done all that local promotion. That's like a clear recent example, you know. But um, I think just in general, bro, it's like just having your wrestlers out there, especially like I can understand why. You might not want someone like Eddie Kingston doing a bunch of interviews because you know, as much as we all love Eddie, if he was managing him, he might, you know, he might, he might say a little something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But like that, AEW's got more than enough like pros, pros. Do you know what I mean? Like your Paul Whites, Mark Henrys. You know, that like Charlie just mentioned the brand ambassadors. Uh, but even just like from a talent perspective, it's just you know. Kenny Omega done that Sports Illustrated interview before the MJF match, and like you know, if I'm being completely honest, it was quite you know, it was it wasn't the most exciting interview he's ever done in his career. But you know, that's another example. At least he'd done an interview, and he didn't yeah. say anything that was going to tank the promotion, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I do think AEW could be a bit more loose with just kind of letting the talent do interviews, man, and more so pushing talent to do it rather than being kind of a a block in the road of getting it done because from my experience with WrestlePurus that's kind of how it's felt like at times, you know. Um so yeah, I don't I don't know why, but that's kind of how it goes. Anyway, I spent a bit of a minute on that one. Uh Karan again, appreciate you. Two hundred rupees. I say this with the disclaimer that the Kenny Hangman Elite story was one of my all time favorites. Can the book tell a story that's not oh no, are my friends with me like Jesus fucking Christ? Okay. I mean This valued book, what you know. I'm not it's building to something, I think, I hope. This <laughs> At least they're on TV in multiple segments this week, bro. I don't know what you want me to say anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like it's been, like it's been, a, it's been a long road to get here. 
and we're getting yeah. something. Yeah, Charlie was like um, on the podcast last week, just basically screaming, "Do something!" And <laughs> that, they've done yeah. something at least, you know. So Matt Jackson's know. acting oh, like no. a prissy bitch again. So we are back yes. in terms of them being heels. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not too keen on the niggas saying, "Can they do not my friend stories with me?" You niggas are Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens fans, by the way. Just want to let y'all know that. Um, you gotta stop that. <laughs> y'all gotta stop. And they are like on again and off hey, again every like two years. So. Hey, man. Oh, the power of friendship, brother. Um. Anyway. Darren Walker, two pounds. Appreciate you. Can't wait for all in twenty four. Double J versus Flair. Yo, I'm Darren a... Walker, do you want me to be a wrestling fan? Yeah, I might. I don't think he does. It just feels like you don't. Royal Bag one ninety nine. Expecting pre all in episode level rants. <laughs> I, I can't even remember, man. Um, that was bad. <laughs> that was really. Oh, Mon- Monday. Monday was. Uh, I don't even know. I don't want to call it bad because it was actually like quite a level-headed conversation. But like, it, it wasn't like the most glowing example of us talking of AEW, you know. And uh, yeah, it's funny like how we started the week where it was like maybe it was a little harsh because we was talking for quite a while. And it's like now it's like nah. <laughs> After last yeah. night, you're like, all right, bro. Yeah. Um, I, was, I actually can't remember the rants on the all in, pre-all-in episode. Oh, uh, Pure God. Road Kid 99, appreciate you with the £10. AEW is actively committing company credibility suicide. It's disgraceful that AEW are not giving guys in their 20s and 30s more TV time. The AEW creative team is so painfully misguided. Uh, yeah, there is a lot of of the uh, younger guys that, you know, a lot of fans do want to see more of. And um, there, there has been a trend of it, especially the past few weeks that sort of stood out. Like, it's really stood out, like the the over 40s crew and, you know, the, the legends of the biz being kind of all over, like Dynamite and stuff. So. Yo, I told <sighs> you niggas, bro. I told you niggas when they announced that they were getting a creative team, I said, this is a bad idea. AEW was at his creative best when there was no fucking team of writers when it wasn't a t- team full of 10 writers and now it was going on 10 teams 10 creative writers by the way can't figure out what to do with 20 and 30 year olds but let's call the 50 and 60 and 70 year olds 100 yeah it's uh there's definitely an unbalance when it comes to that part of thing 199 code man's left hand says rick flair drip i mean all power to you. Big hero Chris, $2. Excuse me. I mean, does Ric Flair have multi years left, though? <laughs> I mean, some have questioned this. He is 74 years of age, so and he did literally nearly die a few years ago. Um, so as, as morbid as the question seems, and it may seem like he, he probably is just joking around and being a prick, but like it's not like a wild question to ask, I don't no. think. He almost Um, died in the ring last year and then tried to lie and say he fell asleep. Nigga, I seen your I seen your heart not moving. I seen your chest not moving, brother. And you was shit. Yeah, that was uh you got you got spooky, mate. That did get spooky. Austin King called five dollars appreciate. Kari about to about to return to no pop. Why is TK signing people who were wrestling when the T Rex was alive? Hashtag feed that people. I don't think Kari won't return to no pop, bro. That's uh no. I don't think Kyrie will return to no pop. I don't think she's going to no. blow the roof off the building or anything, but I think the crowd will 
definitely like acknowledge and part for it, especially if she shows up at like a Survivor Series or something. Yeah, like, they'll know who she is. That's yeah. they know her. Of course, they Yeah, she wasn't. You know, like she wasn't. It's not like a, it's not like Sasha coming back. You know, but like no. it's something. They'll, they'll pop, bro. No pop. Don't, yeah, don't you worry about that if you're a Kyrie fan. Um, why is TK signing people who are wrestling with TK Rexes a lot? I don't know. Because he oh, loves gonna to get pop into himself, it. and it's so dumb. Shy Town Spurs, five dollars. Appreciate you. If Tall Paul was a horse, he'd be the glue in my niece ABD nephew's macaroni pictures. <laughs> Oh, man. This is getting spoiled. What, what, what's Paul Paul? So Paul White, you know, he, he hasn't this done anything This is not the wrong, over you know? 50 club that we should be dragging yeah, on Paul White. <laughs> Paul White's one we of the few people we shouldn't be directing anger at, you know? Um, anyway. Phantom FTW, four oh. pounds. Appreciate you. At this rate, TK's going to sign Cornette to have him manage FTR and yell, shl- yell slurs at Sheeta and Athena. And you wonder why the elite are so checked out. You don't think you are? No, I don't think he's actually going to sign Jim Cornet. So like, that's very hypothetical. Um, <laughs> you know? That is quite the wild super champ. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Gomez, 199. Appreciate it. AW on a Celtic Shack run. I wouldn't say Celtic Shack. I would say, as the basketball connoisseur here of WrestleBears, I would more say. Not, yeah, this is kind of Celtic Shack. I can't lie. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this is Celtic Shack. Little Smoke, 199. Appreciate it. This is why we're moving to TNA. We are, the, are night. the night. Wait, I don't I don't have it on my shit no more. But we are the night. We, we own the night. It's we own the night. Yeah, everyone saw the hope on this channel when TNA was announced. So, uh, you know, uh, j- jump on the hype train if you haven't already, people. It's coming. 2024. It's our year. Dunmaz, $5, appreciate you. Perry Kenny Omega up with the big show and having Rick Flair on weekly television. I'm going to sue AEW. Yeah, I'm suing for emotional damage as well. It's all right. Yeah. Showtime Spurs, $5, appreciate you as always. He did say Wrestle Dream was an end of an era. I guess that meant good television. <laughs> <laughs> We're in the rated R era, apparently, brother. So. That's my thing. It was supposed to be a new era. What is the new era of half? Empty arenas, the new the new era of niggas, not not even OGs and new fans not liking your shows. Mm. Mm. What new era is this? Jonathan Gomez, one ninety nine. Appreciate you again. <laughs> you all ready for that Paul White heel turn? Yeah, I don't know. Man. I don't know. It'll pop right. me regardless. So I'm just you got to keep anything. Yeah, you got to keep the bit up. Hush. That's hard to pronounce. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, 199 Goldberg just feels inevitable at this point bro I'll take Goldberg I'll this deal with it Wardlow versus, versus Goldberg we read it um, I'll take Goldberg over Flair I'll take Goldberg over Flair I'll take Goldberg over Paul White I'll take Goldberg over in a wrestling match you know what I mean? Like, I think it, I yeah. think it's great to have Paul Watt around commentary, all that yeah. good stuff as well. But in terms of like in a wrestling capacity, I'd hundred percent rather have Goldberg than Paul White. You know, is, uh, a lot of those guys. So, is Goldberg better than uh, Ward though? Is he better? Well, obviously, if you look at his career, he's a whole of. You know what I mean? He's he's Goldberg, bro. He's a legend. How do you compare Wardlow to Goldberg? You know, it's it's tough, any. It? <laughs> it's like there's, there's decades between them. Um, 
Goldberg. Anyway. Goldberg or Double J. Goldberg. And, yeah, mm, Gold, yeah, on, on, and yeah, Goldberg. I, I disagree that either of them should be on programming, but... I'll take Goldberg over Double J. Even if even if Double J is there every week and blah, 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 and Goldberg. Mm-hmm. If I was to sign Goldberg in AEW, I'd probably just use him like four times a year or something, you know? But, um, yeah. And I'd bring back your next. <laughs> 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 and uh, his typical year would be like, he would kill like two people. Uh, 2.0. Yeah, you know, like the Dolph Ziggler match where he just like mm-hmm. murdered him, and then like he, then he goes oh, on to put, then he goes over to put someone over, and it just it, it means something, you know. Listen, um, I know how certain people in this brand feel about Kyle Fletcher, but he would sell like a motherfucker for Goldberg. That would be I, sick. I, I could get beyond that. I could get beyond that. Kyle, no, I'm not sure about it, but you'll have to check on him. But mm-hmm. yeah. Kyle Fletcher would would take a spear from Goldberg and do the triple Rikishi bump afterwards. Imagine Goldberg seeing Kyle Fletcher come out with his cape and everything, you know? Andrew the Giant, five pounds, appreciate it. Do you think All In could follow a similar model to NFL London games? Because part of me feels it could. Those games sell every year regardless who's playing. Um, no, because uh... it. I don't personally. They don't have anywhere near the brand power that NFL do. Um, yeah, they put uh, the work into marketing over here. I feel like they could build it though. I think. I, I think next year's All In is going to be quite interesting. Let's just leave it at mm-hmm. that. In terms of ticket sales, if anyone's expecting eighty k, you know. <laughs> I wouldn't be personally filled with much optimism right now. So we'll see. Even if they are, even if they did announce, I can't get over that announcement, man. Um, it's so... You're not trying to. You're not trying to get your tickets early, Monty. I'll apply. I'll apply for press credentials, but I don't think I'll be buying tickets for. I'm not buying yeah. tickets this year. I, I, bought tic- I bought tickets this year, but yeah. And I don't regret. I don't. Yeah, I don't regret buying tickets because I sat in my seats. It's not like I bought tickets and sat in the press box. But I think next year it will be a. uh, It'll be a press pass kind of thing. If they'll still have me. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if we're still allowed. (laughs) Watches and five dollars. This is sad. Tony booking and now Ric Flair talk about doubling down. What happened to the? What happened to the fame I love? I think that meant to say what happened to the game I love, which is uh, a lot of people have said, <laughs> a lot of people have said what's happened to the game I love lately. So, oh, no. Chris left Twitter. Chris, Chris, Chris left Twitter. He left Twitter. Yes, he said he, yeah, he, quite le- he, he legitimately said, yo, if the acclaimed walk out on Dynamite, I'm leaving Twitter. And he walked out. <laughs> <laughs> it was very. <laughs> he, uh, no, he was Chris, unhappy, brother. Berkey, two dollars. NXT better. NXT perception-wise, people fucking love NXT at the moment. So, you know, different yep, fan bases, right, of course. Did y'all see the Garzas in um in the Creeds the other night? Of course, of course they did. You no. know, I did. Charlie, you would enjoy it's a tag match or. I probably would. You're, I, you're need, only allowed... I need to watch the Creed's match from um, Raw as well. Yeah. You're only allowed to recommend Charlie WWE matches if it's tag wrestling. Yes. <laughs> that, tag that's matches... my rule with Evu. 
Like he's only allowed to recommend me tag matches or Gunther matches. Tag matches or Rey Mysterio or Gunther. That's the other one, yeah. Rey Mysterio is the other one. Yeah, you know, I have to wonder what's wrong with you if you don't know Rey Mysterio. Fucking love him. Rey's like legitimately one of my favourite wrestlers ever. Look, he's, a he's, like top, he's like top five. He's a, um, fucking love Rey. Anyway, Willy199, appreciate Who wrestled for TK first? Rowdy <laughs> Ronda or Mercedes Monet? Bro, Ronda's going to be in LA that weekend. Bro, bro, I don't know what you, bro. Okay. Reality check. Ronda Rousey has no motion anymore, bro. Ronda Rousey has no motion. Bro, pro wrestling, yeah. And pro wrestling revolver. If this was five years ago, that revolver tweet would have had 12K likes in five minutes. That bitch had 87. Ronda Rousey has no motion no more, bro. That's not going to stop Tony. Yo, Tony. Tony. Don't do it. Don't do it, please. Let her get her pops at Revolver. We mm. don't need... I don't need to see her on Saturday as well. it be interesting to see how this uh, this, this Ronda run... Because I'm, I'm, I'm still not convinced it will be an actual run. You know? I think uh, she's just doing something with Marina to yeah, sure, yeah, she's just popping herself. <laughs> like, and people forget that like, she is a fan, bro. Like, she's a big wrestling fan, so... Mm-hmm. Just because she's not the most committed when she's actually in the business. And to be fair, in her first run, she was. I don't think anyone can take that away from her. It's just like, she's had two runs. One was really good. One was fucking awful, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's so it, it, it's tough. You don't know what run you're going to get in this next one, do you? Um, Darren Walker, five pounds. Billy Gunn, Dustin, Flair, Jericho, Paul White, Jeff Jarrett. I can't wait for the Legends Championship. <laughs> <laughs> this is quite literally the director of the, the Legends Championship at TNA. Adam Copeland as well, brother. Or is it just strictly over 50s? You know, Has if Billy gone 60, bro? Yes. That's crazy. Yes. Like, I know. Jesus. I'm not even talking like, yeah, he's in great shape and everything, which is, I'm, I'm sure, like, on the surface is the most striking thing. But, like, the fact that he can still take, like, flat back is, like, crazy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, the cycle um, that nigga's on at 60 years old is crazy. Yeah, inside. Inside. <laughs> he's he's got some doctors looking after him, brother. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> we'll choose him five dollars. Appreciate it. How the hell is WWE trying to push young wrestlers and AEW's getting better old ass wrestlers? <laughs> oh no, man. It's meant to be bitter. I don't assume that he's trying to call them better. Oh, who knows? Will Chisholm is an enigma, brother. <laughs> Five dollars, appreciate you again, Charlie. Can you remind the books I have a tag title? I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. It's all I fucking talk about. Yeah, it's kind of wild. They're, um, on the, they're on dynamite talking about we have no help, nigga. Get take the tag titles. What are you doing? Oh my god! Letting the team down. Oh, I rant about this to anyone that will listen to me for longer than two minutes. So. It's real bad. He's all heart. $10. Appreciate you. Face Omega heel books is the optimal use of those talents. But they've decided to start that use with the coldest stories you've ever seen in AEW. What are we doing? What are we doing? Oh, man. What are we doing? <laughs> I can't. I just laugh about it because. <sighs> yeah. Well, cheers and five dollars. This is sad that Goldberg is our hopes. 
Not for me. Kohlberg's been my hope for a minute, you know? <laughs> this is yeah. how bad Tony has shot our heart. I've never been in, like, the Goldberg bad camp, you know? So, you know, he, he pops me, bro. He's fucking Goldberg, you know? I, I, has he stunk it up a couple times, you know? Yeah, he has. But these are the guys who yeah, play. I was, I, was, I was in the Goldberg bad camp after he killed The Fiend, because I really like The Fiend, but... It's not his fault. Yeah, <laughs> I went back and watched some old Goldberg clips of Goldberg good. So but the Bobby yeah. Lashley match is a gas. Yeah, he, he just beats yeah. the shit out of him. He just beats the shit out of him in the hurt business for like ten minutes. Then loses. He <laughs> 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 was beast. No, uh, he did, he does have some fun matches most recently with um with Bobby Lashley. So you know it's not like he's coming in. Well, obviously it's been a while since he's wrestled now. But anyway, Andrew the Giant two pounds. Appreciate it. Ronda versus Saray gonna break some cage match records. <laughs> Very spiteful. Very spiteful. Lowest zero in history. All right, let's um. Ah, where do I start? We're gonna start with Ric Flair. Yeah, we got a lot of super chats. Keep them coming though, because you know people, like I said, people are feeling very opinionated today because it seems like people have just kind of like. Not their patience has run out today. You know, after like last night's dynamite. Like Chris, for example, he he had enough after that. Never mind. Some people were like right on the edge going into today after last night's dynamite, and then you know the Ric Flair thing. And yeah, of course, like if you go on Facebook, I'm sure the majority of people on like Facebook and stuff are mm-hmm. fucking jumping for joy that Ric Flair's like back in wrestling, you know. But on Twitter, where it's a bit of like a younger audience, so it's a bit more progressive per se. Um, and like even like in our Twitter circles, and I'm sure you guys see it because. This is why you guys are here because you're part of our like Twitter circle and stuff. Um, the reaction has been very disappointed and why and confused and what the fuck. <laughs> so uh, mm-hmm. yeah, man. Let's let's just get into Rick Flair. I mean, Rick Flair press release came out earlier today, but released by AEW, of course. But Rick Flair has signed a multi-year deal with All Elite Wrestling, and also. Woo Energy Drink will become the exclusive energy drink of AEW. So it seems like it's going to be a two-part deal. The thing that I want to bring up first is that I'm just truly amazed that it's a multi-year deal because when he first showed up for Sting, like last week or whenever it was, it was like, you know, even if you're one of the people who's like adamantly against Flair, but you're trying to be like a, you know, a realist about it, I guess, like you can look at it and be like, Oh, fuck's sake! He's he's like he, he, like last week. It was kind of like he's actually gone and done it for fuck's sake. You know what I mean? And then it's like, okay, maybe he will see the reaction from his core fan base, and he'll ease off on it. You know? And then you see like Ric Flair talking about it, and it's like, um, he basically gives the impression that he's going to be around until Sting retires, which is March. And even then, you get you get a lot of people who are kind of giving the benefit of the doubt, like, oh, yeah, it's Sting, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, none of these excuses are really valid compared to like, what people are actually mad at him about, you know? Um, but, like, even if you're giving him, like, that sort of leniency, like, oh, okay, he's doing the Sting retirement run. It's like, then it comes out today, it's like, nah, it's a multi-year contract that Ric Flair, like, Ric Flair is here, he's here to stay. We're going to do a press release about it and we're going to shout about it. And 
you know, we're going to get comment from Tony Khan in the press release and he's going to do a fucking press run as well. He's going to, he's done an interview with Mike Johnson, a PW insider. He's done an interview with wrestling observer with Dave and Garrett. Like they've done the, like the, <laughs> this hasn't gone under the radar. They haven't just quietly signed him. Like they have with some talent in the past and stuff like that. And like, yeah, I get it's Ric Flair, huge name, huge legend, but obviously stuff from outside of the ring in recent years that has came to light more. So it's like, you know, it's not like these things, not these incidences that people are very uh, disappointed in Ric Flair, to, for lack of a better term. Are things from recent years, you know, it's, uh, you know, stuff, stuff like old stuff coming to light or stuff that used that was in the light that kind of faded out the light being spotlighted again and stuff like that. And, you know, Ric Flair has a past, <laughs> to say the least. So um, to see AEW kind of be loud and proud about this, even though he is Ric Flair, who's a huge name, of course, but, you know, it's... I'm just surprised at how what's the word I'm like, tone deaf it is. Tony yeah. Tony Khan knows his core audience, bro. He knows them. Yeah. He's online too much. We say this every week, but I know that I do. Tony Khan is on Twitter way too much, bro. He sees everything that his core audience says. He sees everything that his haters says. He even sees the shit that the fucking Roman Reigns Avi accounts tweet about because he's fucking spoke about that as well. So um the right hand of the table, four, five, six, zero with 72 followers. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he sees everything, bro. He knows how his audience, he can, like, I'm not saying he's a psychic and he can predict that how his audience is going to react to things, but he can definitely get a good gauge on it, bro. You know? Um, bro. So th- this this was truly baffling to me. And the multi-year deal part of it is even more, ba- like, you know, um, a lot of people were fair to question thinking it was going to be just six months or so with it going to revolution for Sting and now it's just like, what the fuck? Like, what is he going to do? <laughs> you know, like... I'm telling you, he's going to be in that retirement match. I'm telling you. He's, he has to be. Well, he Ooh, said he's... in the Mike Johnson... I haven't listened to the interview he did with Dave and Garrett on Wrestling Observer yet, but in the interview with Mike Johnson, I quote, quoted it on the WrestlePurist account. He was like, uh, I've made everyone aware in AEW that I am I can take bumps. I've got the doctor release for it and everything. Do I think I'll wrestle again? No, but do I want to, obviously. It's just like, okay, like, you know. <laughs> Bro, I don't you need almost to see died it. in the ring last year. <laughs> I don't need to see. I don't need to see. Um, Charlie, you're very fairly disappointed, aren't you? Oh, yes. Bro, I'm not one of these people that even was like, I can turn a blind eye about this because it's for Sting. Like, I didn't want this at all. And I have been very, very vocal about it on Twitter. I got very pissed off earlier. I'm not going to lie. Because, like, I'm sorry, this, people are going to say this sounds dramatic, but it is sending a message to a core part of his audience that he doesn't care if they feel safe at his shows. Because everyone knows what Ric Flair allegedly did and the things that he's already admitted to as well. Like, it was all highlighted in 2021 and he turned around and said, well, yeah, some of that I did. So, like, what? Like, the biggest issue I have with it is this just makes AEW look like a place that doesn't value half of their audience, because of they're just being like, well, we're going to hire sex pests. Like, we don't care. Like, what what are you going to do about it, realistically? Just stop watching. Like, I don't know, bro. It is very disappointing. 
as a fan. And I don't want to see Ric Flair every week or like every other week or whatever they have planned. Yeah, that's that's it's dumb. That's not like even the big part. Like the big part of it, of course, is like he's got sexual like this, you know, sexual misconduct, sexual allegations yeah. against him. You know what I mean? Whatever you want to call them, and. uh there's all kinds of different allegations and stories out there. Some of them are things that he said himself where it's like he accidentally says something creepy, you know, on a podcast mm-hmm. or something. Like it'll be just like he'll he'll be talking about an old story and he'll be talking about oh. the boys back in the day and it's just like, Whoa, that was a oh, bit, Marty, you know. Monty, have you ever seen the show on the network that was called this the WWE Storytime? Where it was like a cartoon <laughs> show where the wrestler would tell stories on the road? Yo. Oh yeah, I, me- I remember that. I remember uh, the Ric Flair, the creepy Ric Flair one that came out because it resurfaced again around Dark Side of the Ring because it went viral again mm-hmm. after that because someone pointed it out. Like, yeah, they sent me the only weird Ric Flair story and they brought that one up. So Great, there is definitely yeah. there's some creepy Ric Flair stories out there where some people will say, you know, uh, it was a different time. Boys will be boys, blah blah blah. blah. But that don't excuse it in 2023 if you're trying to look through it with 2023 eyes, you know. Um, I, I it's think tough. it's more of a, I think the pe- the reason why people have an issue with it more is just like you were just on Twitter the day yes, of day before the yeah. day after being like allegedly Vince McMahon uh, is uh, the same person is the same type of person. Uh, Vince McMahon has a lot of alleged things on his plate, and then you bring in Ric Flair, someone who has alleged things on his plate. Makes you look crazy, bro. It really does. Makes yeah, you look really someone's... disingenuous. Like, I don't take anything Tony Khan says seriously anymore. Because why should mm-hmm. I? You've already proved that you don't actually believe what you're saying. Especially when he's shit posting on Twitter just trying to get a dunk exactly. off on Vince just... and Triple H. It's yeah. just like, right, and bro, I'm not bro. saying that he doesn't. It but it makes and it gives off the perception and it makes people feel like you don't actually care about these things that you were trying to make jokes about. You were just trying mm-hmm. to make jokes to pop Twitter. You don't actually yeah. care That's about what... the alleged victims. You just it makes you look like you just wanted to say <clears throat> to pop people. Yeah. Even just for the sake of conversation, let's pretend that no, let's not pretend, but let's just take it out of the conversation. Let's take the creepiness. That comes right. with Ric Flair out of the conversation. Still, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, like, right. he's, like he's seventy-four. There's not much he can do for you. Uh, we just seen we just seen him nearly die in the ring last year when he tried to wrestle. And granted, obviously he went like twenty minutes or whatever it is. I'm sure like he could take like a back bump or whatever. You know what I mean? But like, still, there's no. It's not gonna. You're not gonna sell any tickets off it. You're not gonna draw any ratings off it. You know, I just don't get. I don't get the angle. <laughs> I don't. Like, I just don't. It fit. I don't know. I just don't get it. Going out like for the Sting gift last week, he couldn't string a sentence together. So realistically, what's he even offering backstage? Oh, they started talking, yeah, um... and then he started laughing, and just they started chopping each other. Yeah, he's he's a. Uh... Coherently, he's uh, he's kind of struggling with that a little bit lately because, um, he's mad, bro. Like, he you see on the Theo Von podcast that he done recently. For those that don't know, obviously Theo Von's like a really big comedian with a really big podcast. Um, and yeah. he, you know, he, he done an interview with Ric Flair. He also did an interview with like Hulk Hogan. But like, he done wrong with it, fair. He does come across like coherent and have like a good time on there and the laughing and joking and stuff. But even on that, he says a few things where you're like, "Fuck, man, Rick's getting old," you know. <laughs> like, uh, 
And then, I don't know those of you who are aware of what Kill Tony is, uh, that's like a live podcast where uh, basically you get like a panel of comedians and then it's just like they keep bringing up like amateur comedians and they get a minute and then they, the professional comedians all judge it at the end, but the professional comedians obviously just roast the shitty comedians and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Rich Flair was a guest on this show. And he was like on the panel with like all the comedians and stuff. And like when the comedians would roast the amateurs, like Ric Flair would get like really weird about it. And it's like you could tell that like he couldn't tell what he actually was a part of. And it became really awkward. And he walked off the podcast and it was just really awkward. And it was just like this guy probably like shouldn't be doing like live shows and stuff anymore, you know, because he's just. And, um, I'm far from like a Ric Flair hater. Like I've just, of course, like I've just mentioned all the creepy stuff, and all of that is absolutely valid. And it's why it puts such a shame on kind of like a dark cloud over what an amazing career he has. Like someone asked us on Wednesday, like who's on my Mount Rushmore from like wrestling like perspective, and I said Funk and Flair. And uh, but even I wouldn't fucking I wouldn't sign him for my promotion. I wouldn't take that risk. I wouldn't take that public perception right. risk because I absolutely acknowledge that he's a bit of a creepy guy that's done some weird stuff in the past. That in twenty twenty three, when people look at it, they have every right to judge you for it. Do you know what I mean? So it's uh, right. you know, Ric Flair, the man, very questionable. Very some creepy stories about some creepy stories that he's even told himself. You know, Ric Flair, the wrestler, of course, is, you know, like I've just said, like one of my greatest of all time. But even with that said, uh, this this decision still completely just baffles me. <laughs> you know, I just... Dude, and, and, and the crazy part is, this nigga fle- fleece these niggas. These niggas are basically... He basically said, yeah, you give me three, you give me four years, well... Certain Whatever it is, yeah, two, three, um, four years. Well, yeah, it's more Boozer years. Boozer said it was like four. Um, but if whether or not the case is, is four or three, three years, right? For me to basically, you don't know what I'm doing. You don't know if I'm going to be prominently featured. And basically, you got to give me three years and promote my energy drink. And not only do you have to promote my energy drink, but my energy drink, which is probably like a scam, has to be the flagship of your show. Like, what? Whatever, bro. Yeah. Baffling. That's a. Uh, that's. I'm just kind of like. Um, it's the multi-year part of it that really confuses me. I think just the fact that it. That it's the multi-year part of it, and how loudly they've announced it, mm-hmm. is what's so like. I thought it was when when Ric Flair was talking about like you know being on Sting's last ride, blah blah blah, and all that, and it was like pretty clear that he was going to stick around for a bit, and it wasn't a one-off. I thought it was just going to be like a low-key thing, you know, like you'll be backstage, maybe you'll come out once or twice to Sting or something like that, you know, but I didn't I didn't expect them to go like full all-in with it like this, so. Yeah, I mean, it was... Um, I'm confused, don't know why they would do it, don't know, feels tone deaf and you don't know your core audience, which we all know Tony Khan definitely does, Um, just very confusing, Charla, very confusing. It is very confusing and very disappointing. <laughs> And I can only hope that maybe we've blown it out of proportion a little bit and it is going to just mostly be this energy drink partnership or whatever the fuck. But I would prefer the company I watch the most to just not be involved with him at all, to be honest. Yeah, there's a, the, the big thing as well is like, there's not really any need for it. It's not like, 
No. It's not even like if you're thinking if you try to think through the lens of a piece of shit promoter the way it's like Oh, he's a sex pest, but he sells a bunch of tickets. And it's like, bro, no, we don't. Yeah. You know, like he's, like he's a seventy-four-year-old man that isn't really going to contribute that much. Years. Yeah, so you know, his contributions aren't going to match the criticism, you know, that they're going to get for signing him. So, yeah. a genuinely baffling business decision. Um, yeah. Uh, a couple of super chats anyway. Much as five dollars, appreciate it. I'm not surprised he don't listen to us when we talk about the women. He didn't listen about Ric Flair. I mean, that's uh, I mean, it's valid to bring it up like that, but it's just it's disappointing, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, um, this is an interesting one from Atom64. We want iBeast as a guest. <laughs> well, those of you who are well up to date with WrestlePurist law will know that we've already had iBeast on an episode. And what I'll say about it is that some people are really good at Twitter. You know, some people know <laughs> how to post, some people mm-hmm. know how to be funny, some people know how to trigger people and troll and stuff like that. But you see, doing a podcast and actually being like being able to like talk, you know, is a very different thing. Yeah. And we tr- we tried having it, we tried having him on a I think it was like a WrestlePurist worldwide after Mania. Because yeah. obviously he was he was having a big victory lap, so we was like fuck was like fuck it, I've asked him to come on. And me and Joe were just kinda like Okay, you know. <laughs> Manny was just didn't care, you know, fuck with his manner. But um he came on and he was just like awkwardly like breathing down the mic and like his sentences weren't coming out <laughs> he was like, he was like, like it was it was like it was it was weird bro like yeah. nothing t- he's not like he was doing a bit either like it was just i just don't think it's i think i think the brights were just too light for, too bright for him here you know um mm-hmm. he's a he's a good poster though you know he knows how to trigger people and shit like oh, that. Yeah. i don't know how some people still fall through his shit sometimes but you know uh it's pretty funny he is, a, he's a, he's a good comedic tweeter, you know. Um, definitely can get a bit weird sometimes, but you know, it's all a beast. Anyway, <laughs> go start, go find that episode. You'll you'll see an all beast appearance somewhere. Which isn't five dollars. That comment that Triple H had said that AEW is second rate company makes it look true. Sadly, man, as much as AEW fans took it fucking personally and got really mad about it, but even at the time, it's like AEW is the number two promotion. You know, you can't put a in terms of like size of promotion and stuff. What you cannot put AEW in the same category as WWE. You just can't. It'd be dis- disingenuous, you know. Um, but obviously, with Triple H saying it on a Cody Rose documentary, of course, it comes across a certain way, you know. And everyone knows Triple H likes to get his little smart ass digs in every now and again. So, you know, I get it a bit, but you know, AEW is the number two, bro. There's no making it look true. Like it is true, they are the number two. It's just the way it is, you know. And definitely, uh, definitely feels more like a number two than ever before at the moment. So, mm. uh, Princess Diana, five dollars, appreciate you. <laughs> There was a blonde old man with allegations who wore crazy outfits that would visit Charles on occasion. I thought he was dead already. Oh, come on, man. That's a crazy comment. That has many... Oh, there's, dear, there's, Diana. There's layers to that comment. Come on, man. Uh, there is a whole lot to unpack, though. <clears throat> Thanks, yeah, man. Uh, someone said in the chat, Monty shoots hard on IBs. Nah, I've got time for IBs, man. You know, it's just that on podcast, it was, it was, it was a weird time. You know, was, <laughs> I remember uh... us after the podcast being like, "What the fuck just happened?" <laughs> 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 uh, 
I thought he was gonna come on and like play the bits and we'd be able to like alley oop him and see you know Yeah, it was like weird time, you know. But Atom, I think he said the centre verse super chat. We did try, you know, we did try to get some beast on here. Uh, <laughs> probably never okay. again. Anyway, um yeah. I'm gonna go to the WrestlePurist website and pull up the AEW Dynamite results. And we're going to do this AEW Dynamite review. And we're going to have a great time doing it. What's up, Rob? <laughs> Dynamite. Oh. oh. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, man. Forgot about that part of the show. Yeah, it's what we, the main thing we do here, you see, we do the AEW Dynamite review, which is starting, what are we, like an hour in? Nearly an hour mm-hmm. in. Okay, AEW Dynamite. Um... AW Dynamite, November 1st, 2023, in Louisville, Kentucky, at the KFC Yum Center. Yeah. Um, <laughs> God bless. Anyway, um, it actually got, the funny thing is, is that like the first like 20 minutes of the show was like, perfectly fine. Uh, you know, yeah. it opens up with an MJF backstage interview. And um, you know, he, he, it's about like he he hasn't he hasn't picked his partners yet for the main event. He gets a video call from Adam Cole, who has got a crazy beard growing at the moment. Um, so that popped me to see. <laughs> um, you know, Cole tried telling MJF to consider Samojo's offer to watch his back, um, and then he gets interrupted and blah 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 blah. Uh, Roddy in the Kingdom appear, blah 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 blah. So uh, yeah, and obviously that was that was harmless, you know. It was cool to see Adam Cole video calling, you know, you know, pop me to see the beard and stuff. And then the actual opener was international championship match. Orange Cassidy defeats Claudio Castagnoli, which was a great opener because of course it was. It's Claudio and Orange, man, and the wrestling yeah. for a title. So that the had a little space to, you know, do do the thing out there. And I just really enjoyed watching Orange Cassidy sell. You know, uh, he's yeah. one of the better sellers in the company. And when you when that gives Claudio, who's just a physical specimen, license to just kind of do shit. You know, just do stuff that makes him look strong and all these cool counters and stuff like that. Uh, Orange Cassidy would have like a glimpse of a comeback, and then Claudio would shut it down, and then. You know, there would be these cool counters like the uh, the swinging DDT into the uh, into the swing. You know, like that looked great. Um, this was a really solid match. Cassidy obviously managed to uh, claw it back in the end. Landed an orange punch, followed by a beat break, um, and then uh, and then it ends with a roll up after a very inventive hurricanrana. So um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, man, really, like I said, good start to a very interesting episode. But I, I like this, Charlie, you know, Orange Cassidy. Of course, again, it feels like we might be on a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm kind of a role, you know, mm-hmm. of saying Orange Cassidy had a good match on Dynamite again. Yeah. It, it felt like it was becoming a joke how many times we said it over the past few months. Yeah, Cla- Claudio, Orange, what did you think, Charlie? I really like this match. I knew I was going to like it anyways, because just Claudio against like this type of wrestler is always good. But mm-hmm. it really hit me last night that Claudio is like one of the best heels in terms of having a cool moveset, but still being able to wrestle as a heel. Because sometimes mm-hmm. they struggle with it, because the crowd get too invested in the moveset, and then the wrestlers lean too much into it. 
But no, Claudio's got a good balance of it, and he's just a fucking beast, man. And this match was great. I I loved the pin finish. Like roll yeah. up, like roll ups in Orange Cassidy matches. I got a little bit sick of, but this one was just kind of like, oh shit! Like where the fuck did that come from? You can't really fault it. So, but yeah, man, yeah, just, it's a fucking stuff, beast. Rob, you like the opener? Yes, I really did. I I said it on the the watch along last night. Yo, I don't understand how Vince Man looked at Claudio Castagnoli and said, "Yo, you are. We will never be a main eventer, and you don't have it." I, it's just like. The presence that when he walks down to the ring, especially the way he walked down to the ring last night, like it, you knew somebody was about to get fucked up. And he yeah, he's cute little the, shirt on as well. He <laughs> beat the dog shit out of Orange Cassidy last night, almost to the point where I thought he was gonna walk out with the belt, but he didn't. So, but mm-hmm. um, because obviously we have the match that we're gonna talk about afterwards. But I really like the match. Orange Cassidy is one of the best sellers in the business, and Claudio Castagnoli. Should be a future world champion of this promotion mm-hmm. um, if uh, he doesn't come home after, before then. Shut up. <laughs> Just, enough. What happened, bro? Enough. Happened, bro? Um, all right, man. Uh, so, yeah, that like I said, not a bad start at all, nah. Dynamo. You know, then after the match, Moxley comes out, you know. Mox's music hits, he comes out and he just fucking savages Orange Cassidy in the middle of the ring, you know. He's biting yeah, him and everything. Uh Claudio drags him off him eventually. And um Is it just me, Charlie, or did Claudio look like a little bit like conflicted mm. about what was going on? Even though like the commentary didn't say anything about it and they didn't like zoom in on anything. But like when Mox was just beating the shit out of Cassidy, he kind of just stood there and looked like unsure about it then. He was obviously the person who dragged him off Moxley, but it wasn't in a malicious way. Like, oh, get off him. He wasn't anything like that. But he did pull him off him. And he did take him. He didn't leave. Like, he didn't leave with any hurry. He looked like he was kind of thinking things over. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking too deep into the law. I don't know. No. No, I also picked up on the vibes. Like, Claudio, he didn't seem real interested in the fact that um, Mox was beating the beating the piss out of Cassidy. It was quite aggressive I, in the way that only Mox can do. But I yeah. thought it was a thing where I thought he was just like, all right, fuck it, I'm going to let these niggas throw hands. And then when it was running in the ring Maybe. trying to save OC, I thought it was him like throwing them out, being like, no, no, let him, let him, let him yeah, go. Yeah, he, no, he did. He did, he did yeah. do all that as well. Like, he did stop people from getting involved, but there was just kind of like a weird... Yeah, There was a little, yeah, there was a little was bit like, of a weird vibe to it. He's mm-hmm. just like, I don't, I don't know about this, bro. I don't... Mm. Maybe, maybe it was just because the crowd kind of was like shocked into silence a little bit. They got real quiet during the beatdown. Oh yeah, because you started, yeah. yo, you started beating the shit out of bro. They got, they got very weird. That crowd mm. last night in Kentucky. So, but yeah, that was a, it was a good start. Got to see Marks, obviously Max and Cassidy's. You know, uh, it's inevitable that's going to happen at some point. I'm sure that's going to be great. Uh, then we have an MJF backstage segment. Uh, MJF knocks on Kenny Omega's locker room door, which is then answered by Chris Jericho. Jericho gives him like a like a like a smirk and just closes the door on his face. MJF walks away and then he gets pinned up a wall by Wardlow, who says he's going to like ruin his life and take everything away from him or something along those lines. Um, and then, as MJF is walking off after having a shit few seconds, Max Caster tries to greet him, but he doesn't. Uh, He's not trying to scissor right now, and he just walks away from the acclaimed as well. So, um, 
The main thing I want to point out about this, like the Chris Jericho shutting the door on his face thing was like, it popped, man. It was all popped for <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, the, the Wardlow thing, man, I liked his intensity in this. Uh, I I said on Twitter, I've, I secretly, you know, low-key, I bought some Wardlow stocks again a few weeks ago. Uh, I think this has some promise, man. I do think this has some promise. Mm-hmm. But yeah, MJF is uh, trying to find himself some friends backstage and, you know, yeah. Uh, you two got anything you want to say about the backstage MJF stuff before we move it on? I know it wasn't the most crazy thing. Yeah. This was the um, most tolerable of the segments. If this Wardlow thing doesn't end with him awesome bombing MJF off the stage, I don't care. <laughs> I don't Fair. care. You, could, you, you, might, you, you might get lucky, bro. You took uh, everything yeah. from me. Nigga, you beat him in five minutes. What are you talking about? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, we we saw the promo package yesterday, no, last week. So anyway, uh, John Moxley backstage segment. Mox cuts a great promo, really intense promo on Orange Cassidy. He wants him at full gear, and he's going to tear him apart with his bare hands. And he's a lot of Moxisms in this promo, and. Uh, Max is one of the best at cutting this one one of these types of promos. You know, he has a really intense, believable style to the way that he talks. It doesn't come across phony and fake. And he still, even though it doesn't come across phony and fake, he can still instill like this feeling of like danger, you know, and just uh yeah. Max is just great, you know. Uh, Rob, you like the promo? Max is one of the yo, Max was my I think. Well, didn't I vote Mox promo of the year last year? I think so. Was, was somebody Probably a lot of people did. Bro, that, Mox just has the ability to cut these promos. He's had it since he was in the Fed. But he has these abilities to cut these promos. Where It's like Paul Heyman promos, bro. You're like, if we were getting ready to go to war, and he's like, all right, if he you pick that guy to do the speech, yo, you're running in there full. full you don't even got a gun. You got a fucking sword. That's how that's how good Mox is at doing these fucking yeah. raw promos, bro. He's one of the best in the business. Yeah, good shit, wasn't it, sure. Charlie? It absolutely was. There's nothing like a fired up Moxie promo. No one can cut him like he can, man. Maybe like Eddie Kingston, but he's yeah, Eddie, he's, so yeah, he's Mox man. League of his own, bro. League mm-hmm. of his own. Yeah, shout out Mox, great promo. So Mox said, not a bad start, you know. Not a bad start. Anyway, um, we got Ring of Honor six-man championship match between Brian Cage and the Gates of Agony defeating the Elite to become the new champions. Um, I thought this match was like one of the worst matches I've seen the Elite involved with in a long time. Um, It's not like the work was particularly like terrible or anything like that, and there was botches all over the place. It wasn't bad in that sense. It was just like the crowd was so out of it, bro. Like they did not give a fuck for a majority of this. And um, I thought if you were going to go with the decision of having Gates of Agony win, then you should have just done a straight classic squash. You know, just have just have them run them over, be power moves, power moves, murdered them. Match poor Matt Jackson in the middle of the ring with a broken back. You know. Or Nick, because obviously you wanted to do the angle with Matt after. Um, but instead, it was kind of like this in the middle thing of like 
by the end of it, the Gates of Agony, yeah, they got a dominant win. It looked dominant at the end, but like you had all these other things. It, like it started off with a little bit of shine, like Adam Page at the start, and then you had the thing where Swerve comes out. That was like WWE as fuck. Um, mm-hmm. I don't even remember Swerve coming. The fuck, I don't even remember him coming out there. <laughs> but yeah, like there, there was like he went through an ad break as well, where like uh, Gates of Agony and uh, Cage are on top. And they're just like punching Matt in the corner and stomping on him, yeah. and the crowd literally goes silent, like literally yeah. silent. Um, it was tough, man. It was tough, and obviously the it's not like when it was tough in the middle. I was kind of like, okay, so the elite will make it exciting at the end, and obviously because of circumstances, like with Hangman Adam Page running off, Nick Jackson not really getting the chance to get his hot tag going or anything like that didn't happen either. So it was just kind of like it just happened. The crowd didn't give a fuck. Like it was, it was brutal, man. I thought it was brutal, for, like for the elite standards as well. I thought the agent in was off. I thought they should have just done a straight squash, like I just mentioned. And um, the the gates of agony, Brian Cage's heat segments, uh, as short as they were, they were just kind of they had absolutely no heat to them whatsoever. Um, and then yeah, when when the finish actually happened, it wasn't it just it kind of just fell kind of flat then you had the Matt Jackson tantrum after which coming after yeah. such a flat match just came across almost comical to be honest with you it was like angry Matt Jackson is you know it's quite the thing to take seriously anyway because that's not really how people view Matt Jackson to be the person I'm like oh shit you know what I mean yeah. right so him in that spot anyway is tough. Him in that spot after such a flat match in front of a flat crowd is like brutal, like comedic. Um, Charlie, <laughs> talk to me. <sighs> People don't like to see the elite in positions like this. Like, not even losing. They don't care if the elite lose. But like when matches are that brutal... And they should have just done a flat squash because they knew the crowd weren't going to be, like, overly receptive to, like, them trying to do heat segments on them. Because you could see where this match was going when Matt came out with his hair tied up and in a shirt. It was like, all right, we know exactly what's about to happen. Like, they didn't even bother with their fucking jackets. Like, all right, bro, you should drop in the titles. Like, that is their, like, version of boo-boo face. It's very funny when you can pick it out in their careers. But, um... It shouldn't be funny, but it is because you got to laugh about these things. Because otherwise, you'll start making <laughs> wrestling podcasts. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, this was kind of a bit shit, weren't it? They didn't really yeah. wrestle a very good match, and I get they had to do the ha- they didn't even have to do the hangman thing like that. There was so many better ways this could have been executed. And Matt throwing attention touch him after it's like, bro, you are thirty eight years old. And I love the box. Everyone knows this. But it was just so funny because it was all poorly mishandled last night. But hopefully things will get on track from next week. Uh And I feel like I say this every week. But one of these weeks I will be right. (laughs) I'm so Uh, frustrated. Yeah, that's not what was, uh, I thought it looks like it was pretty brutal. I messaged Charlie like halfway through, like Charlie, what what is this? You know, because <laughs> because like, when it when it's someone as good as the elite and they're having a yeah. match that's just so flat, like and it's just getting no no heat, no reactions, nothing, and it's just kind of happening, and you just see fucking oh. 
Toa Leona just stomping on fucking Matt Jackson in the corner and no one cared. And like, like I said I said to Charlie in the DMs last night, it's like he got halfway through the match and I was like, what the fuck's going on? What is happening? It's just, um, I, I don't, don't know, understand man. sometimes. I really don't. But I don't know. Yeah, Hopefully is... they'll remember they have a tag title shot now. Yeah, there's still yeah. no mention of that. But yeah, Matt Jackson had his tantrum. And like I said, this really flat six-man was probably like the start of the show going... Uh, if the crowd had been into it, it would have been so much less offensive. Even if... Um, I think the age in what still would have hurt it quite a lot because, like yeah. I said, they, they didn't decide... Like, you could tell that the one Gates of Agnes like, looked dominant by the end of it, but it's just kind of yeah. like how they got there. It's like, you know, you kind of you're, you kind of protect Adam Page a bit by like, having him run out. Then that also in line like, protects the books because they're outnumbered. And do you know what I mean? And so it's like, and then even at the start, like they got some shining, and it's just kind of like, just having, just having, you know, I know it's the elite, big stars and that, but it's like, don't be fine. The Teflon, bro. Um, no one's going to care yeah. in a week. That's what I mean. Like, Hangman could have lost this match. Hangman could have got pinned in this match, you know, and fucking, it's, and lose again to Swerve. Absolutely. Like, um, and, you know, no one, no one's going to fucking decide that they don't like Hangman and the page anymore, do you know what I mean? Because it does feel like uh, Hangman the Big Loser is the story they're going to be going for with him, which I'm hoping turns into a heel turn and not a yes. sympathy baby face no, run. It's going to be a heel turn. I'm so dead certain. I, 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 I will say this. I didn't think it was as bad as y'all thought it was. I really wasn't paying attention. But I didn't think it was as bad as y'all thought it was. I'm just uh, happy that they didn't. They Brian Cage is not getting sacrificed. Thank God. <laughs> I thought Brian Cage yeah. when they pinned Brian Cage to lose the belts. I thought he was gonna air a fox that nigga. I was about to be like, oh no, that nigga's <laughs> finished. But hey, thank fuck God, thank God he is not finished. So, yeah. but that yeah, that was uh really bad. I don't know why they did all that. I don't even remember the fucking ending of the match. I don't remember how Hangman Page disappeared. I'm just like Swerve came out and said he was gonna go visit his kids again. Kid, singular. And, and then fucking Matt Jackson just started hitting stuff, and I was like, "All right, what's going on here, bro?" <laughs> just like when he like got out of the ring and like swept the table, I was just like, "What are you looking for?" Oh, it was so awkward. It was so awkward, man. It was so awkward because people like, just don't see Matt Jackson like that, and the crowd was just so bro. flat. It was so awkward. It just didn't cooperate matter. That would have been so much more interesting because Nick just doesn't show emotion. But no, Matt mm. Jackson is a prissy bitch, as he demonstrates later in the show. So, all right, so we have a uh, another MJF backstage segment where he's looking for his f- looking to find partners for the main event. Um, seems like he's scared of Samoa Joe because he avoids his locker room before going up to Darby Allen. Uh, Darby Allen's locker room. Uh, MJF then <laughs> he writes on Darby Allen's like, locker room door, emo bitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the acclaim, the acclaim, trying you know to try and convince him again, and he's not having it. Uh, then we have an Adam Copeland in ring segment, and uh, he comes out with he comes out and he just basically starts talking about his relationship with Sting, how they how they'll go way back, how they both suffered serious injuries and kept in contact over the years. 
uh, and he could go on and on and on. But then Christian Cage comes out and he interrupts and uh, I think he threatens to like disable Adam Copeland or something like that. Um, <laughs> if he chooses to like team up with Sting and Darby at full gear. Um, it's like, yo, you team up with them, I will cripple you, I promise you. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, and then Cage basically sets Nick Wayne and Luchasaurus on Copeland. And uh, they're doing a number on him. Just what they're about to settle for a concerto. And then Stinger's music hits. Sting and Darby come out and make the save. Uh, Copeland hits a spear on Christian Cage, which was got a big pop. Uh, full setup spear as well. Like he got in the corner and done the poses and all that sort of shit. So, um, yeah, man, what's what we are going to get that six man at full gear. Uh, we're looking forward to that. Yo, yo, he hit that spear. Yeah. The feeling was back for a quick second. Yo, I was, it was like, a good spear. yeah. It was a pretty decent spear. It was a pretty decent spear. It wasn't a Bron Breaker spear, but it was a good spear. You know? They basically yeah. have the same spear, but yeah. Bron is like a tackle more than a spear. So. Yeah, Bron. Bron Breaker's Bron, Bron does it like a shoot. Bron does a shoot spear like Goldberg. You know, like, he just fucking, and you either brace yourself for it or you don't, you know, it's just like, the, be- the best bronze spear was, maybe not the best one, but the funniest one to clip up was one from like three weeks ago when he got flies from out of the camera into shot and he like spears Von Wagner like in the chest. <laughs> like, it's fucking crazy. Um, but yeah. I like a good spear. All right. So like, that, that angle wasn't terrible or anything, to be no, fair. Um, it wasn't amazing or anything or super creative either, to be honest. So that was kind of like a nothing. Uh, well, I guess it did progress the storyline a little bit. Um, Better than just in person going to go crazy. I am excited for there that. You go. There you go. There you go. Um, all right. <laughs> Tony Khan's announcements. He, this had been hyped up for a good few days. I want to say close to a week. You know, it was uh, to, it was called Tony Khan's important announcement. Tony Khan himself said that he has a huge announcement. People are just trying to guess what it is. You know, like for all weekend and or however or however many days it was, people are just trying to figure out like, what's this new Tony Khan announcement going to be because you know uh, Tony Khan likes to do a lot of these announcement segments. You know. Uh, and sometimes it varies whether they're good or bad or whatever. Um, and, uh, yeah, people were trying to guess what it might be. Is it going to be, you know, some people might thought it might have been the Mariah May signing. Some people thought that it's that. Always with these things, people always think it might be the HBO Max deal, um, you know, or some form of streaming deal or something like that, or a new pay-per-view, you know, or something like that. Uh, well, it was none of those things. The actual announcement that had been promoted all week was that AEW All In in 2024 in London at Wembley Stadium, the pre-sale is going live on December 1st. So the big, huge, important announcement was for a pre-sale <laughs> that is starting next month for a show that isn't on until next summer. So, uh, you know, understandably, Tony Khan got absolutely fucking cooked on the timeline for this. And just in general, really, not even just Twitter, like the world's bigger than Twitter, you know, Tony Khan got absolutely cooked for this. 
And uh, to to be honest, for me, it's been quite hilarious seeing like a, some AEW fans like coping with it, like oh, well, it was important, you know, like it's somewhat worth being announced on TV. It's like, bro, come on. <laughs> I'm always free. I'm always trying to get y'all shit off because I'm. I gotta. I gotta say. Something. <clears throat> I mean, I'm done. I, I thought it was a pathetic announcement. This isn't something that needed a. You didn't need to announce that you make an announcement. We, I think, I can't remember if it was live or not when we talked about this, Charlie. But you know, like WWE, do a, WWE sometimes like the Royal Rumble tickets when they went on sale. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, some graphics will flash up while Raw is already on, and it'll just be Corey Graves being like, "Oh, the Hollywood Reporter this week reported that you know, Halloween the Royal Rumble tickets go on sale." Da 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 da. You know, and it will just be like a one minute thing on the show. And, you know, it's not like they. Say a week in advance, like oh, the next week on Raw, we have a big announcement, and then it's just that, mm-hmm. like that, you know. Uh, and I'm not saying that you have to do things the way WWE does them, but like definitely don't do them the way that you done them last night because like, I've said it many times. Tony Khan knows his core audience and know how they're going to react and speculate when he says he's got an announcement coming. And for it, for you to just give us that. No one's ever going to take one of those announcement post series ever again, I don't think so. Bro. He went on a tangent about Christmas trees. Like, why? Like, I get why he wanted to be the one to make this announcement. And actually advertising tickets this early is smart. But people who are going to be going to All In are already planning and are already saving for these tickets. It don't matter when they go on sale, man. Like, it makes no difference. And I don't know. It didn't need to be an announcement like this. You didn't You didn't have to do this because you announced All In on April 20th, 2023. Show was on April 20, August 27th, 2023. And then what? That's four months? Literally four months you sold out nearly, damn near the entire arena in four months. So you didn't need to do this. I was listening to him, and then he says, uh, "We, you know, as you know, AEW has fans worldwide." And I'm like, "Okay, it's probably the max deal. It's probably going to be the max deal." Oh, when he said that, uh, sorry, Robert. Look, when he first said that, I was thinking, "Oh, we've got fans worldwide in Europe." I yeah. thought they were going to announce a show in like France or Berlin yeah. or something yeah, like, like I that. I thought that was going to be a Europe tour. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like That's a tour. And, yeah, especially when he was like the, when he started saying the UK and shit like yeah. that, Europe. I was like, okay, so they're doing a tour or something. And he was like, pre-sale tickets. I'm like, yo, my nigga, you you sold it out in four months. You what? Like you sold it out in four months. What do you got to do a pre-sale for? Are you that shaken by the uh, by the ticket sales right now, bro? It doesn't fucking matter. They have AEW fans in the UK. They're gonna show up regardless. Yeah, it's just a, it's a framing of it. Like, uh, die one of our regulars in the live chat. He says, I think the announcement was fine, a bit long, but didn't need to be advertised. The actual announcement itself, like, of course, like I just said, make the announcement, just don't advertise you're gonna announce an announcement. Yeah. Like, it's just a huge, comes with spe- yeah, that's what I mean. It comes with expectations, and when you start saying it's huge and it's important on Twitter and stuff like that, expectations just rise and rise and rise. Mm-hmm. And it makes a announcement that, as you say, was fine. Like, of course, announce that. Do you know what I mean? Of course, announce that your show's pre-sales happening soon. Do you know what I mean? Do whatever you want. It's promotion. Um, but also, you got to uh, you you set expectations for something you didn't deliver for. You know, so it's that part of it rather than the actual announcement of what got announced. You know, 
Um, the yeah, message pretty... underneath that was also very valid. The one about Ric Flair. <laughs> it very well could have been that. I thought it was going to like... That's actually a pretty fair point. So uh, Dan says, I really think it was going to be Ric Flair and he got talked out of it. Considering like how uh, how they've rolled out this Ric Flair announcement, like I, like I mentioned earlier on, like how like, full-on press release, everything, everything, everything. Um, there probably is a Ric Flair is all elite graphic hiding in Tony Khan's draft somewhere, which he was hoping to post last night. That wouldn't actually surprise me at all, you know, but... I don't know, man. Bro, uh, I, 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 stop. Just stop doing it at this point. Yo. Yeah, he's got, he's many, got her. I think bro, he's got how many, her. How many of these fucking things have actually been announcements, though? If we're keeping it in a buck, like, okay, one, the early, one earlier this year was all, all in, right? And I remember that I think there was another one that wasn't all in. It was some shit like this. And there, there's been times um, where he was like, I have a big announcement. It wasn't even an announcement. I think there was one for, like, the toy drive recently yeah and it's like yeah fair enough talk about that on your product that's an important thing to talk about but to hype as an announcement before i don't know yeah it's a thing he's killed he killed like the he's killed like the trust in that thing that he does because now it's become like a trope you know look tony khan's got an announcement so okay you know, you know what i mean like, that's what it's become and it's unfortunate because you know mm-hmm. i'm willing yeah. to bet that that's one hundred. That's ninety percent of where the eight hundred k came from. That this episode did is the major <laughs> announcement. Because if it was there was no major announcement, this shit would definitely have been done at seven hundred k. One hundred percent. I don't know, man. I don't because the uh, the announcements don't even go off in the quarters anymore. I think I remember Dave talking about this like last year. It's like he's done it that much now. It's like, it's like he don't even do anything for ratings because it's like every month or so. Tony Khan's got one of these announcements and. It varies with how important they actually are, and uh, I think now after this, this one, he has to stop, man. He has to at least have some like restraint. It's like now, like the next time he does this, it has to be like fucking the max deal, or it needs to be we have resigned with Warner Brothers Discovery, or it needs to be like huge, or we're doing this international show or something like that. Like it has to be huge. Um, the next time he does it to try and build that faith back up, and the next, the next five, ten all need to be hitters. Even Actual if they're enough. six months, yeah, even if they're like six months apart. So yeah. no one's forcing Tony Khan to make announcements and do graphics <laughs> to save it. No one's, no one's got a gun to his head forcing him to do it. Um, it's just become like a trope of his. So yeah, <sighs> yeah, not, not the announcement anyone was expecting or hoping for or even got excited about themselves to be honest um definite miss uh chris jericho and kenny omega defeat matt menard and angelo parker oh man uh this also lacked heat not to the extent that the books match did but this also wasn't anything to like recommend to anyone you know um yeah, I think this was just kind of this was just there to get them in the ring so you could do the angle after with Don Callis and everything. Uh, and he, yeah. he basically say he, Don Callis comes out and basically challenges them to like a uh, like a street fight. I think it was Omega and Jericho accept the challenge, and obviously Omega then you know he talks about how he's going to have a bushy with him, and then he gives the microphone to Chris Jericho, and uh, you know. He's, he, Jericho says something like that the fourth partner isn't just a man, 
he's a giant. And yeah, Paul White's music come on up. Well, and then... <laughs> it's fucking sick, man. Oh, man. Uh, so Jericho then, you know, he introduces the big show. Like, he's fucking just signed. I don't know, man. You know, like... Wrestling is so ridiculous. Like Braun Strowman's about to just walk out there. Yeah. You know, like someone who's just like physically imposing. Poor Paul White, man. I love Paul oh. White. I've loved the Big Show for years. I cherish yeah. him. He's had a very interesting career. He's been fucked over. He's had his wins. He's had his losses. Mm. Like, I have a soft spot for Paul White, man. But this spot is not where I need to be seeing him because that poor fucker walked out there. He's fucking, his right knee's caving in and he's all slight. Like, he can't even stand up straight. He just looks, he looks, he's got bags under his eyes. <laughs> it's, it's like, it was, um, it was, it was quite tough, man. It was kind of sad, to be honest, mm-hmm. as an, as a genuine fan of his. Um, obviously, this is what he wants to do, though. He, he has mentioned that he wants to step in the ring again. I hope, obviously, it works out, you know, but I just don't think this is what any Kenny Omega, and uh, I don't think this, this isn't anything anyone was asking for, you know. But, you know, Kenny Omega, he is in the Jericho-verse. Not sure who asked for this, you know. I think I think it's fair to say that AEW fans and even Kenny Omega fans, like they, they, they do pop for the novelty of, you know, Chris Jericho teaming with him, you know, like once in a while. Mm-hmm. But for him to like be fully like weaved into like this storyline, I don't think that's kind of what Kenny Omega fans it's are wanting from him at the moment. How yeah. did we get here? How how did we get here? Like yeah, I watch Dynamite every week and I review it every <laughs> week and I am baffled how we got here. Jericho, it's like Jericho just decided, like, I'm in on this, you know? It's like because yeah. that's that's kind of what it's like. Don Callis just randomly like diverted into trying to win over Jericho just to like double cross him, and now he's in the story. <laughs> so he's... It's just... I'm, yeah. I just, I just, why is Kenny Omega going from wrestling for the AEW World Championship to 2.0 like less than a week later? And that's nothing good against 2.0. I think they can have their moments and they can do their thing. Yeah, there's a time and a place. It's like, I'm a fan. Omega. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's... Time and a place. <laughs> like, team up with Chris Jericho. Whatever. But, but... <laughs> <laughs> what are we no, doing? I just, I, I don't... 2.0 is re- is losing the 30s and Isaiah Cassidy every week on Rampage. Like, come on, man. What the fuck are we doing, bro? Like, I'm tired, bro. I'm tired. I'm just tired. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> can't do this right. anymore, bro. They got how many fucking tag teams do they have on the roster that they could have put in that slot? In that slot. Yo, do y'all remember when Jurassic Express won the tag titles and they started showing all the tag teams on they the had stage? So many. They yes. started showing all the tag teams and where the fuck are those tag teams? Where did they go? Bro, it's like I know Phoenix is injured and Dante Martin's injured. Where are the rest of the other tag teams? Like where yeah, have the, they gone? The, uh, yeah, the AEW tag division's pretty uh it's every time I think yeah. we're back, it's just so over. And when I it's hilarious because I've said this to uh 
I've said this a lot, Ibu or whoever, uh, Ibu, who I'm actually sending a StreamYard link to. So Backup Hangman will be joining us, we hope, on his break. So uh, hopefully he hasn't got too much background noise and shit. Um, anyway, um, fuck, what was he talking about? Tag teams. Ta- yeah, I was saying to it's the, the shame about like AEW, because it used to be like the mecca of tag team wrestling, mm-hmm. you know? And that's, you could tell like, that was a goal of theirs early on as well. See where we're at now, it's kind of like it's a bummer. But also, uh, it's also weird as well because, like, as someone who's, like, you know, like, I do enjoy watching Raw and stuff, but my favourite thing about Raw is probably the tag division. <laughs> so yeah, it's man. like, yeah. the Raw tag division's flying. Um, it seems like it's only getting better. Like, DIY just, like, came back, like, this past week, you know. Um, so it's like they're adding, you know, creeds have just been called up. Like, it's, there's there's genuine things to be, like, fired up about. Like, those are just things that have happened this past week, you know. Um, so, yeah, like, that, that's, a, that's a weird dynamic of but more fandom faces at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I don't understand what the hell is going on most of the time. But back to the segment at hand, Kurt is going to be on the same team as Big Show in 2023. And that's <laughs> not is, a sentence yes. I ever thought I would say. And it's on a dynamite. It's not even on the pay-per-view. So I guess we can't complain about that. Hell of a hell of a lineup for a street fight. You've got Hobbs, Coyle Fletcher, Takeshda, and Sammy. Sammy, Jericho, Omega, Ibushi, and Paul White. That is a weird collection of. It's <laughs> a weird collection of wrestlers. Yeah, right there. Like a 2K match. Oh, that is a two K yeah. match. It really is. Like we just hit the fucking <laughs> random generator button, and here we are. Literally, literally. Uh, I'm hoping, my hope is that this is on the Dynamite before Full Gear, so I'm hoping that they just bite the bullet and rerun Takeshita vs Omega. I know that's like the third like rerun match for Full Gear, but I don't care. It'll be a good match. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I just want to see Kenny wrestle. Or do, you think they, or do you think they do him and Koda at, uh, Takeshita and Koda at Full gear, and they do. Uh, well, I don't want to see Kairo Bushi do... in a singles match right now. <laughs> yeah, that's what. That's the. That's honestly. That's what, it's such a shame, and because like Koto was genuinely like a top tier worker, you know, mm-hmm. and that that injury, the shoulder injury, and all the drama that he was going through the past couple of years has just kind of He's not fucked him. Bad. He fucked him up bad, man. You know, like yeah. I, you want to kind of. It almost bums me out when I see like. Fans of his try and like cope and say that like he oh no he looked pretty good in that last match and it's like oh, man, I, I wish that was true you know like <laughs> I wish that honest, was true we can be honest but is AEW using him in these sports is really is like the most ideal thing for him right now just coming over every once in a while doing these like tag matches eight mans gimmick matches whatever that is what he's suited to right now. Sometimes that's okay. It's not. It's not the end of the world, really. It's really not. Mm-hmm. I am coping a little bit because I love Ibushi so much. Yeah, and it does upset me a little bit to see how he is in the ring sometimes. But you take what you can get in wrestling. He just sees what he's. It's just unfortunate, you know, because like I said, Ibushi was genuinely like an S tier worker yeah. up until you know, like what twenty nineteen when he went down. Um, yeah. 
or whenever when was it? Like twenty twenty. When when did he go? When was the Okada match where he fucked his shoulder? But yeah, he fucked his shoulder really bad. Then there was other issues at play. Then he had his falling out with Japan, and he started talking about yakuza and everything. You know what I mean? Like it got crazy. Um, yeah, uh, he he got very he got very weird. He got very very weird. So um, then obviously he's came back and physically he he looks different just aesthetically, you know, he's not as ripped or anything like that anymore. And also just in terms of just his, his quickness and his timing and physicality, it's just not, it's just not the same. And it's, you know, it's, and he's it's, it's very honest point. about it on Twitter. Like he like is fully aware of like the wrestler he is in 2023. And sometimes that's all you can hope for with wrestlers that they are aware of their capabilities and where they're at in their careers. So I'm glad that he is self-aware in that aspect. Because it can get real dangerous for them when they're not self-aware. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's always it's always dangerous when the wrestler's not self-aware. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. not many of them are super self-aware, but when someone yeah. shows like a blatant, you know, uh, disregard for their health. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's really um, dangerous. Yeah, um, but yeah, Ibushi gonna be in the ring with Paul Ward. Uh, <laughs> Interesting one up there, but anyway, he's uh, just he's gonna let uh Paul White choke slam him after the show, and it's just gonna be very funny, yeah. Just just the pop because that's what Abushi, yeah, just what Abushi does. Uh, um, uh, this is interesting as well. This uh, this backstage interview in the books, the elite locker room, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, like Renee's interviewing Omega and Jericho following the street fight announcement, and the books are kind of. They're just in the background looking pissed off. <laughs> then uh, Matt Jericho kind of Matt Jericho goes off basically. Uh, Matt Jackson goes off and he's like, you know, uh, what happened to us having each other's backs? What's the point in us even being together and getting back together like we did if no one's gonna like, you know, no one's gonna team and have each other's back? Blah 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 blah. And he's like, you know what? I ain't even pissed off about that. Uh, the main thing I'm pissed about off is like, why is this piece of shit in our locker room? <laughs> and he points mm-hmm. at Chris Jericho. Uh, then uh, Jackson, he, he like questions Kenny Omega's law. He, like Jackson, no, Matt's just being a—he's just being a prick, basically. Uh, he's just being a sassy little prick, you know. And then the books kind of just storm out of the locker room, and uh, yeah, as Charlie has predicted for a, uh, for a minute now, a books a books hill turn is inevitable. Obviously, they haven't done much of anything really lately, but it does seem like, even though last night the match itself was, we've spoke about it, and the angle after we've spoke about it. But this, I mean, if you're a Young Bucks fan like Charlie, waiting for them to do something, this was them doing something, wasn't it, Charlie? It sure was. They were on the show multiple times, and they're being dickheads again. We are <laughs> back. <laughs> well, I will reserve Speaking of being uh, back. Carry on, Charlie. But no, I am hoping this means that even if it's like a Rampage pre-tape or they pop up on Collision or whatever, acknowledge the fucking tag belts, bro. You have this shot. It's the 2nd of November. You won this over a month ago. Come on. Let's chop, chop. (laughs) Like, do something. But no, for real, I am very excited that they're turning here again because as much as I was a fan of their babyface work in the beginning 
it's very clear that they just don't like working that way, and they've been checked out. So it bored the fuck out of them, basically. Clearly, it like it clearly did. So this is going to be, yeah. hopefully, good shit. Yo, we do. What's good? What's going on? Um, real quick Hello. before I start off here, Charlie, do you remember when you got mad at me when I said that? Don't, that no, 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 no. Do you remember this? I said these guys should be heels. Charlie fought back so bad, and what did we get? We got literally like eight months of nothing. Okay, bro, we were in the middle of their baby face front. It was good stuff back then. Shut up. What have they done? It's what fine. They were in the middle of the BCC. Mm. I, they didn't do a whole lot in that beauty. That's what I'm saying. What are they doing? What are they doing? No. They didn't do no. anything. No. No. Listen. I could get real spiteful. I'm Listen. not going to do it. Listen. We're not having this they, argument on air. They, they just, you don't get anything out of them unless they're in the right role. And in my opinion, the right role was for them, for them to be heels. And history proved me correct and Charlie incorrect. And that's, I just want that known. I want that known. And now, Charlie, they're you're going to get what you want out of your faves because now they're going to hopefully uh, that provide some... That was so sussy, the way you listen, said that. Listen, you're going to get what you want out of your faves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, so you're going to hopefully bro. get some inspired stuff out of the Young Bucks. And listen, I'm happy for you, and I'm also happy for myself because I'd like to see the Young Bucks, one of the greatest teams of all time, actually give a shit. Uh, so hopefully they start to give a shit now. Um, that notwithstanding, how's everybody doing? I'm happy to be here. Today's You're taking this victory lap like I haven't also spent like the last month criticizing them. It's because if I'm right, because he can't help himself. Yeah, I, I got it. Listen, I was right, and we have to always recognize when I'm right about something because it's usually all the time. But people no, it, get no. Anyway, 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 anyway. Ibu, What's up, Martin? How are you? I'm good. How's your, how, you got any opening statements? Seems like you was about to get something. Get to something. <laughs> I think AEW is the funniest company of all time. Well, no, no, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Name me a hold funnier on. promotion. TNA? Besides, besides yeah, TNA, <laughs> TNA is funny. TNA is funny. <laughs> Samoa Joe got abducted by ninjas. That, like, that's, there's nothing <laughs> about Yeah, no, like, come on, bro. It's, bro, it's TNA is. It's the funniest promotion. It's the funniest promotion post, like, 2014. What was that? What was Harbaugh's promotion called again? Um, UWF. But UWF wasn't funny. It was just bad. I mean, them signing Andre the Giant for like one appearance was, you know, <laughs> but that, that that's funny, bro. You know, <laughs> I don't know, um, bro. Yo, yo, Monty, I gotta say, you've been repeatedly on the main account calling this episode interesting, and it's it's popping me so much. You refuse to like. Uh, break neutrality of any kind and so you just keep going we'll be we'll be covering an interesting dynamite tonight and like yesterday you're like interesting show what did you guys rate it you know oh, it's just it, it pops me so much um yeah because I, I don't i don't need to when i'm trying to promote a podcast it's like i don't need people crying about what you know oh it wasn't that bad or oh it wasn't that good yeah, you're, or not, whatever, you're not gonna so you're just... not gonna go like Tap in tonight for Russ Pierce podcast where we review a terrible episode of AEW Dynamite. You know, <laughs> um, are you surprised that this is the show and the news cycle that broke the fan base? Because it seems like this is the the, the forty eight hour period that broke. The um, I said at the start of this show or backstage before we went live, like when it's it's, it's hilarious, isn't it? Like when you think about the show we had on Monday, 
me mm-hmm. and Joe, just kind of like talking about the AEW thing. And we were talking about like very valid criticism. And I thought we had like a pretty like we, had, like, we just had like a good conversation. I thought it was quite mature of us, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. We had like a good conversation about it without just kind of like crying and complaining. And there was a few people right. in the live chat who felt a certain way about it. And it's, uh, it's just funny that like now the the things that we were saying, which we were kind of getting called harsh for bringing up, is now at the forefront of everyone's conversation today. You know? Marty, I've seen I've seen multiple people who've done like on Monday doing like, come on guys, you guys are doing too much. I've seen them quote tweet their own tweets like, never mind. <laughs> Bro, that pa- the Patrick tweets the best. Uh, oh, I, forgot what, I forgot what he's at is, but he's like, um, Pat, this Pat, this Patrick guy. He's got a few followers. Some of you all know who I'm talking about. Like he tweeted mm-hmm. something like a, like a week ago or start of the week. Like you know, like I'm tur- It's a shame I'm turned off by AEW for the same things that remind me of like WWE when Vince was booking the show. And uh, this guy quote tweeted it like, "Oh God, these people are so stupid." And da 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 da. And then, like, earlier today, that same person tweeted, like, oh, I'm done with AEW for a bit. It's like, <laughs> WWE, like, literally yeah. tweeted the same thing. <laughs> like, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the irony has definitely been funny. But it's, at the end of the day, because like, much as, like, we'll laugh about it, because, like, I'll be honest, like, I spent the last, like, 90 minutes of Dynamite just kind of laughing at the absurdity of what I was watching, <laughs> also seeing the reactions on the timeline and also seeing Marty, the ends of Manny Hooper. So I Marty, spent, like, I a good at, 90 minutes of laughing. <laughs> like, Bro, I was at work, and I didn't know what was going on, and I checked Twitter, and I just see Charlie at the top of my screen saying, it's all just a bit funny, isn't it? And I just started... <laughs> <laughs> I just started no, I think the exact tweet was... I think it's all just a little bit silly, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, It was yeah. something like that. Here's the thing. I, um... It's, Monty, I, I could either get... Like, I could either rage at this and get really mad and sad, or I can just laugh. And, uh, I refuse... I refuse to get mad at wrestling in 2023, except for when Cody lost to Roman. You're lying. Nigga, you, I, you, you tweeted 30 times about The Miz the other day, my nigga. Stop lying. He, he is upsetting. He's deeply upsetting. But, um... Uh, who's who's there, going Generally speaking, generally speaking, because I just, like, knew the score, Monty. Me and you knew the score, but we talked about it on Monday, right? And people got mad at our perspective, like you said, but because I knew the score, when I found out that Dynamite was bad and Big Show was, like, a big thing and the surprise <laughs> was a pre-sale for Wembley... And then they signed Ric Flair and his energy drink, the woo energy drink of the next day. I'm just like, <laughs> pop, okay, like that, yeah. Like that, that's mm. cook, it's just been cook, an incredible cook. 24 hours for me, especially because I got slaughtered for saying that people should be allowed to criticize the product. And then here we are. This is yeah. a fair point by Brian Buster. No, that has. He will love to pretend like he just doesn't do these things. To be fair, it did. It, 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 uh, he, he spoiled on Monday, you know, me, me Hulbert, and he, we were having this lovely grown up conversation as British men <laughs> do, you know, and uh. Ibu just went on a tangent, you know, he just fucking, he just started, he just started going and going, you know, and uh. I was like, you know, for the. For, for them, for the most part, he would just stay stay pretty chill about this. But you know, we did he did fly off the handle a bit on Monday. Yeah, I started just thinking about the question. I started getting mad. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> people in the live chat are telling me like they're doing what you're suggesting but together i'm like no they're not <laughs> <laughs> what should have been what he suggested with the cash it was like two three months ago bro <laughs> like come on man come on nevertheless uh i'm, I'm actually i'm at a level now where uh I just wanted to continue being funny at this point. I want to see Paul White hit Will Hounds with the KO punch. You know, I just want to like let's just let's just let's just go all the way and be fully stupid. Look, look, look. We're clearly not trying to be a professional wrestling company. You know, we are not trying to do this. Tony Storm is pulling fruits out of her ass and eating them on screen without pulling the peel. You know, we have uh, we have uh, Matt Taven walking around everywhere on national television, a grown man who's like thirty five with a toy giraffe. Uh, this is not a professional wrestling show, you know? So it's like, if we're gonna be dumb and silly and hokey and BSNL, fuck it, let Big Show with his no knees just pin Will Hobbs, who cares anyway, right? Doesn't matter, doesn't matter. It's not like Will Hobbs can't just walk up to a guy and the next week he'd be like, hey, I want a title shot. And then uh, they just announce a title match. There's no rules, none of, the, none of this matters. You can just walk up and get, you can just get title There's no rhyme reason for anything, just, just fuck it. Just, Yes, you can just do things. There's no rules. There's no universe. You could just, you know, Max, like, bro, people can just, Max magically had pink matching gear for the Acclaimed, despite having no interest in working the Acclaimed. Did you know, do you guys notice this? He oh, had yeah, no, that pink scarf. Yeah, the big, get... the, big, the, big, the big thing people are getting mad about lately is, is it's just, there's a lot of attempted comedy, you know, and, uh, I don't know, man. It's like, I just think you shouldn't, like, aim to do comedy. Like, if you have the right characters on your shows, certain people will just naturally be funny. Like, MJF is quite naturally witty. Eddie Kingston sometimes is accidentally funny and things like that. You know what I mean? Um, But when you're, like, setting up segments and certain characters to really, like, try and be funny and you're doing this hokey bullshit, like, after Hikaru Shida successfully defeats Willow Nightingale in a championship match, Tony Storm comes out and everything goes black and white and she starts rolling around on the top of the stage like a dickhead. Like, no one's... Who the fuck needs that, bro? You know, like... I, I just I don't get why they have so much of a focus on trying to do so much comedy stuff and I don't it, 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 I find it hilarious as well but I've seen a lot on Twitter well, a lot of people are, a lot of people are trying to scapegoat Jimmy Jacobs which mm-hmm. is like hilarious yeah. to me yeah. I'm sure he has contributed to this because no one's getting off free you know what I mean and he's part of the creative but the way that I've seen some people trying to scapegoat Jimmy Jacobs is like hilarious it's Tony's show he puts together the booking team he hired Jimmy Jacobs and all these other people um, and he has to okay everything that he shows blah 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 so uh Yo, I said it a couple weeks ago on Thursday, and I'll say it again, bro. Just because some shit is over doesn't mean it's good, bro. I have a question. Just because Tony Storm gimmick did get to pop doesn't mean it's good. I got about two minutes. Listen, I got a question. So, like, can someone explain the, the, the missed thing to me? So, basically, um, so Willow's good nature fights off the black mist, and that's why she has not been infected with the poison, correct? Uh, sky blue. I don't know. She has some extra oil shadow one on the weekend. So, fuck knows, mate. I'm trying to I'm trying to do like the I'm trying to do like uh mist algebra here, right? Yes. So sky blue, she spit out blue mists at yeah. Julia. 
fuck. And I forgot about all these and as then, well. And then, and, then, and, then on, and then on social media, Sky seems to be clearing up from the darkness that she was consumed in because she likes posting the pictures of her in like black poo poo. And like she's like kind of cleared up from the black poo poo now. Calling it that. And so, so my question is has, has Willow's goodness reached Sky and combined with the blackness so now that she can offset the blackness at 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 um at Ibu, my brother. Ibu, I will say this isn't your best bit ever. We get this. It's not a AEW is fucking ridiculous at the moment. You know, <laughs> some things like this are absolutely a prime example of it. You don't need to do a five minute <laughs> here's bit. The, here's the thing about <laughs> it, Monty. It's, it's not even you know, genuinely it's not I was asking the timeline this because the the conclusion I'm getting to Monty is so if this is to be believed, this means one, Sky is in kayfabe able to offset all like darkness, and if so, does this mean Julia's gonna go back to normal? Like, is she leaving the house of black? You know, like, what's gonna happen? No, no, probably no, because... Just let it play no, out, man. Because... What's no, the product? No, my... Yo, <laughs> the, wor- the worst part. Worst <laughs> part wrong. was Julia Hart, like, stance, like she was fucking. What's that word? I'm thinking of the word. But she was like falling over herself and she was yelling, curse you. And I was like, ah, bro. Ah, I, have a, bro. I have a question. Do you guys particularly care who the devil is? No, I don't, I don't care anymore. Charlie, I, I, I thought about it this morning. And I was like, who cares? <laughs> like, I, I, until I'm proven <laughs> wrong, it's the war dogs, man. It's David Finley. Until I'm proven Brit wrong, it's who it is. No, if, right. it's if it ends up being the women, it's going to be the funniest shit ever. It's Britt Baker, bro. It's Sky mm. Blue. I tweeted this like a week ago. It's Sky Blue. <laughs> oh, God. It's fucking... It's Kyrie saying. It's Kyrie saying, yeah. <laughs> No, She's taking so, Sorry, it's... <laughs> Monty, have you have you seen uh have you seen Russell votes and uh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. it, we kind of brought it up earlier about how today has just been an interesting day. You know, Peter <laughs> yeah. inside of us is Russell votes. You know, <laughs> it's it's so <laughs> insane that like two accounts that like rarely like give their personal opinions or get in a fight or whatever. Like Russell votes basically like you call me a pussy. Listen, bro. Let's go, if you want to trigger an unproblematic like reporter of any fucking sport, whether it's wrestling, whether it's MMA, whether it's football, soccer, whatever, you know, just <laughs> say one of the reports is bullshit, bro. And that's what and that's what Mike Johnson did today. You know, he basically, you know, uh, wrestle votes say that you know Corey's on the internal roster, her return to WWE is imminent, and Mike Johnson basically was like, no. No, we, we, we've not heard anything of this. It's not true. Blah, 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 blah. And then WrestleVotes were like, no, nah, look, we are right. Double check with your source. And he explained how she's listed on the roster, blah, blah, blah. Then PW Insider then do an update after delete bumping <laughs> and say, you know, oh, no, she was added to the internal roster, but it was after 2 p.m. And uh, then WrestleVotes. That was hilarious, and, bro. Then WrestleVotes just basically kind of exposed that information in one tweet <laughs> to kind of make the point, you know? <laughs> you know Monty, the funniest part was when WrestleVotes said, for full transparency, this is what the miscellaneous section of the roster internally looks like. It went like, 
Undertaker, John Cena, Kyrie saying Stephanie. <laughs> Stephanie. <laughs> Stephanie, McNa- <laughs> Stephanie McMahon name drop all the worst part four, you know. Um, <laughs> Why is she on the internal roster? <laughs> God bless. Um, <laughs> oh, man. That was funny. Oh, no, even, even better, Brandon Thurston, who, like, he clearly has a rule, which is, like, don't post opinions, you know. He... He broke during the Tony announcement. It was basically like, "Oh, fuck out of here, man!" No, that ain't even that ain't even him breaking though, because I think like I think Brandon Thurston's like place on like the internet wrestling community is like he's he really does kind of like analyze the business side of it, and I think like for what he tweeted was pretty fair to be kind of in line with what he's like normally tweets because his thing was kind of like, you know, no one's going to take those announcements seriously again. Which is mm-hmm. true. Which is a fair bit of business analysis, you know. So, um, do you think he has? Yeah. Do you think he has his go-to guys, Monty? That he just DMs his like opinions. To, like he's just like, yeah, of course, yeah, of course he, of course he has opinions. He's, he's, he's even on like if, if if you've watched any of his like podcasts, like sometimes they'll slip out on there as well. Like I don't think he deliberately tries to be like, you know, uh, overly diplomatic or anything like. It's just that, like, he he's a numbers guy, so he tweets about numbers. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, shout out first and he does a he's, fucking he's... excellent job of what he does. So, you know, we a lot of us would be fucked without him. You know, <laughs> what ratings tweets would we repost? You know, <laughs> what would we do? Um, his graphs and everything like that. he's the best numbers guy in wrestling. No question. Yeah. Um, he's a good numbers guy, and he's one of the few adults among us. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right, uh, Dynamite, we've kind of just talked about Shader versus Willow, uh, but let's talk about the actual match and not all the afters and the Tony Storms and the, and the Mist and the blah, 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 blah. Uh, Shida, another defense for her. Uh, Willow, you know, it's always good to see her wrestle. But yeah, this crowd, man, it hurt a lot of the matches, didn't it, Charlie? I don't know. What did you think of this? I think that the crowd definitely hurt this because it just kind of felt a little bit flat. Like, there was nothing wrong with the work, and I thought it was, like, a pretty good match. But the lack of crowd reactions, bro, they really (laughs) take away from the uh, atmosphere and just, like, the match in general. So I hope we see them wrestled again down the road. Like, maybe with a clearer heel-face dynamic, I feel like that would have helped her a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, inoffensive. Like, it was a decent match. Yeah. But... yeah. Monty, do you want to know why these matches didn't have heat, Monty? It's very simple. It's very simple. The people at these arenas don't care about the wrestling. Do you know why? They're not attracting people that care about the wrestling because they're not putting on a type of show for those types of fans. They're attracting people that want to react for the catchphrase. We just called the AEW crowd raw 20 Twitter. Yes, Monty. <laughs> these people want to. They want to chant for scissoring. They want to chant for the goofiness. They want to pop for kangaroo kicks and all that type of stuff, right? What's that reminiscent of Monty? That's reminiscent of, of modern traditional WWE crowds. People that pay for sports entertainment and are there and they sit on their hands when they do the wrestling, but they want to get into it when there's some stick involved. And so because Dynamite wants to put on an SNL show, they're going to attract the people that enjoy that. And those types of people that enjoy that react to the shows completely differently than a traditional AEW Dynamite crowd. 
Yeah. I mean, that's one way of looking at it. I just, I, I'm just tired, bro. I, got I like the match. I really, I really like the match. I thought it was very. I thought. Hey, y'all saying very good. I thought it was really good, especially the yeah. The, the, the work was pretty decent, man. It's just uh, the crowd. Yeah, it's just yeah. I'm I'm convinced the AEW audiences that complain about the women's wrestling uh, or or the women's division being bad don't actually care about women's wrestling because they just go mm-hmm. there and they don't. They just watch the matches and they just sit on their hands and knees fifteen minutes while Willow is kicking out of spots at one. By the way, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, a shame, a shame, a shame, a shame. Um, Monty, I got about a yeah. minute to do it. Any, any questions for me before I get up out of here? Uh, da, 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 da. um, Rick Flair. <laughs> what about, what about him? I don't know, man. What is I he gonna know. do? Like, just talk about Rick Flair for a minute and the disappointment in your heart right now, <laughs> bro. Here's the thing. Even taking morality aside, right? What is he going to provide this television it's product? He said, man. Like, taking that aside, what is he going to do? I don't know, man. I was like, yeah, even taking that aside, it's like, which you shouldn't do, but like, even in the world, let's say you do put that to one side, it's like, the fuck is it? The fuck's the purpose of him being I, like, when TNA got him in 2010, it's like, I get it. You know, he has the energy to do the fired up, coked out promo. He gets all red. He throws his clothes off and starts stomping around. He can't do that now, Monty. I'm about to say. If he tries to do that now, Monty, his fucking pacemaker is going to shock his body. And that's that's not even a joke. Bro. Like, as a shoot, he can't work himself up. So what can he do? He can't bump. He thinks he can, but he, he can't bump. He, he, says he, he says he's clear, too. Brother, you he's took... insane. He wants to die in the ring. They said it's a multi-year deal. I'm like, respectfully, do you have multiple years? Bro, didn't this nigga? He took a vertical suplex last year, and it took him five minutes to get up. I'm like, come I on, man. That. Oh, what are we doing? He was like, hold on, oh, I gotta. They were, and they started doing. It took him so long to get up. They started doing spots around him, like, like he wasn't even in the middle of the ring. Dying. Mods, the funniest part is when he appeared, right? People are like, oh, it's a, it's a one-off, man. It's just a one-off for Sting. Then it turned into, he's just going to be with Sting until his retirement. Then it said, multi-year deal. I said all this as well. Multi-year deal with the woo energy drink. <laughs> the funniest part is going to be, oh, my God, somebody who was an OG in the chat. There was an energy drink that WCW had a link to in 99. And for, like, three months, Monty, Shivani... And every wrestler was wearing merch for this energy drink. They drink it while talking. <laughs> they cut promos with it. <laughs> the microphones had the logos. Could you imagine a dynamite where it's just like we're here live on dynamite? It's like, Calibre here with some woo energy drink. Let's take let's take you back to the back and you know for the for the woo replay. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> I just oh man. I'm so over it, and I haven't even really started. You know what's, Monty, the funniest moment today in the rest of Chris group chat? Murph was like, Evil, you'd, be, you'd think this was Beast to Flair sign with WWE. And I was like, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> I, started howling. I was like, bro, 
Wait, wait, anytime, anytime anyone turns to that, it's just—it's a big it's red all, flag. Like it's if it's Ric Flair or just a certain match or something. Like, oh, if it was in this company, you'd love it. It's like, bro, come on, grow up. <laughs> like, oh, mind, you, no, mind you, mind you, mind you, mind you. Undertaker is a childhood favorite of mine. I thought the Saudi match with uh, Kane against DX was a fucking disgrace. It's literally uh, to me. It's literally the worst match of all time. Like, no, I don't know, man. That box no. match last match, that's not was uh, for me, for me, I don't know. <laughs> for me, it's just it's just literally uncomfortable to watch, bro. Yeah, Ibu, actually, that's the last thing I want to ask you about. What's up? What's up? That fucking, that fucking box match last night, bro. <laughs> Fuck, man. I've already said everything about everything that you probably. Think on my not upset about it, upset about it. So, uh, thoughts on six man titles changing, Eber? Who fucking cares? <laughs> Do you know what the match happened? Because the, the embassy invoked their rematch clause. The match was like two months ago. When, did when the fuck? The rematch when, clause? When, the, when the fuck did AEW start doing rematch clauses, by the way? Hmm, when it suits. Why are, the, why are the Hung Bucks so mad about losing these belts? Because, bro, the it's the friend, the friend, yeah, it's not about it's about friendship, people. It's about it's not having each other's back. And then I, I saw Matt like getting sassy with Kenny. He's like, "Oh yeah, man. Hey, man. I thought I thought we brought this thing back, man. That like we'd have each other's backs, you know. And but you're you're here with Jericho, the guy who beat up my dad, you know. And that's cool though, man. Hey, hey, take care of the locker room, keep it clean, all right? I was like, oh, fuck yourself, you know." <laughs> But he's being a bitch. We're so yeah, I did, I did, I did, I did pop a bit for the sassy Matt because it's just like no, he's, he's, he's good at it. He's really good. Yeah. He's I wanted to punch him in the face. I wanted to punch him in the fucking face. He's uh, you know, but yeah, man. Uh, seems like the, it gives me some hope that they're gonna finally do something. Maybe, maybe next week if we get really lucky. No mention that tag title shot that they've got. Maybe. Um, maybe. I'm giving him a week, bro. Is this is this Trey Miguel versus Grado? Sounds beast. Oh yeah, they're starting to add the UK shows, aren't they? Shout out to oh. TNA, man, real company. Listen, uh, y'all be good. Shout out Leon Slater for signing. Listen, y'all Absolutely. be good. Um, hope your next week's better. I don't know. <laughs> hey, brother, we got power yeah, struggle man. this weekend. Oh, yeah, we do. We do. That should be we fun. Should. That should be fun. That's going to be a good show. All right. See you guys around. Peace. That was an awesome yeah, man, uh, Crazy. Shout out to the Young Bucks, man. They're, uh... yeah, we, I love the Young Bucks. But if you can't well, so laugh, so so I'm actually recently. What can you do? I'm actually. This is the first time I've actually been filled with any hope for their immediate direction mm-hmm. in a minute. So, uh, yeah, no. you know, it's just it's just hilarious that it comes directly after them having one of the worst matches they've had in the promotion so far. Um, so, <laughs> which, yeah, weird, weird few reasons for that. I won't put it all on the books, but it's just it's just funny. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> MGF segment with the acclaimed. It says here, MGF is on the floor looking dejected and he's once again joined by the acclaimed. MGF still doesn't look interested and says he has one more team to ask. He walks away and he immediately sees team Jarrett. 
MJF scuffs and goes the other way. Um, it's also worth noting as well that the acclaim said if they do, if he does decide to tag team with him, then he'll have to wear this and hand him like a bag. You know, when MJF re- when MJF turns around and realizes his only other option is Team Jarrett, he kind of looks at the bag and he's like, "Fuck!" <laughs> um, then we go to Roger Strong in the Kingdom backstage. Roger Strong has been wheeled around. Um, he calls Adam Cole and he tries to he basically tries to talk shit about MJF. Like, oh, Adam, can you believe that MJF didn't even ask us to team with him? What a so and so and so and so and Adam Cole just says, shut the fuck up. But he says, shut the hell up and puts the phone down there. He's like, whoa. Adam Cole normally remains like, pretty diplomatic in the Roddy MJF stuff, you know. But uh, this time he just was not having it at all. So we'll see what happens there. Then in the main event, but it could go. They come out and they, you know, then they wait to see who MJF's partner's going to be. And it is the acclaim. The acclaim come out first. The clan did come out first to make their entrance after Bullet Club Gold, and it's obvious that they're going to be MJF's part partner. And then obviously MJF makes his entrance, and we get to see what was in the bag. And he's got all like the pink sesame, you know, gear on, and he's got like a pink scarf on as well. And you know, and that, that's the main event. People put Bullet Club Gold. The uh, Bullet Club Gold actually won the match. Jay White pinned MJF, which was quite obviously very noteworthy with a world title match coming up at Full Gear. And uh, yeah, man, uh, this this match was it definitely had a lot more life to it than a lot of the other matches on the show. Of course, with MGF being in there, MGF knows how to play to the crowd really well. Um, it had some good heat at some certain times, but still, overall, I don't think it was like the hottest thing really. Um, it kind of felt like it was going a little bit long, but it actually didn't go that long when you look at the time of it. Um, this was all right. Rob, what did you think? I um you know it was a match it was a match that had the acclaimed involved and uh you know it was a match and I I I will but I I I enjoyed what I watched um Jay Charlie's <laughs> yo Jay White bumping for Billy Gunn is crazy but uh, I'm not gonna <laughs> I tweeted I that on my burner I was yeah. just like, Jay White just pumped for 60-year-old Billy Gunn. Um, and so that's an old championship competitor. <laughs> yeah. Also, just quickly, them teasing Team TNA felt like a personal attack. That is all I will say on that. Team, they should have, but I would have much fucking rather Team TNA than, never mind. Anyway, um, you know, so... Good main event. Uh, the end of the show. I don't, I hate this. I hate the storyline. I'm sorry. We just watched in New Japan for a month. Fucking evil running around with Sonata's belt and not being able to get it back. But it makes it look so fucking dorky and stupid when your world champion is doesn't have his belt and the heel group is beating him up and jumping him and he's not getting any heat on him back, by the way. And he's getting beat up and beat up and beat up and these niggas just walk off with his belt and after they walk off with his belt, now he's scissoring. Yeah, that, 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 the thing that you said in there as well was like he's not really getting any heat back on him. It's not like uh, there was that moment on Saturday when he he tries to run out and get his belt back in a failed attempt, and he runs out. Yeah. 
Um, maybe do something a bit more of like an extended version of that so MJF can get some of his heat back, you know. And it's not so much in the fact of like, oh, MJF needs to get his heat back because, of course, he's always going to like uh, be over and stuff. So it's not in that sense. It's just more of like in a storytelling sense, you know. Um, have the babyface have a few like failed attempts to get the belt back. But in the midst of it, you know, he hits fucking, he hits the guns with a kangaroo kick and Jay White like scurries out of there. Do you know what I mean? Or something yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, I think that is a good point that Rob brought up. That like you know, MJF hasn't really been getting much of uh, any heat back. It's all just been pretty one way, which I guess might be the story that they're trying to tell. But it just doesn't make for the most interesting television, you know. Um, I, I'd like it if he wasn't scissoring thirty seconds later after he's getting his the, the shit beat out of him and his belt stolen. Bro. <laughs> I want the acclaimed to be doing more serious things and be like considered top level talents because they can be if they are treated the right way. But this shit was so dumb. Like they teased it the entire night. It was just I don't get why this Twitter bit that wasn't funny in the first place had to become a dynamite storyline and a prominent one going into the fucking pay per view. Yeah, and yeah. the Bullet Club gold aren't even challenging for the trios belts so what is the payoff for them being involved right here can we touch on instead of max caster and mjf how about the fact that the yo austin and colton are billy gunn's sons by the way yeah they're billy gunn's sons by the way you, you can literally have him be like yeah and i want to i want and it, it gives me a chance to kick my my shitty son's ass so yeah I, yeah, well, yeah we can help you it's dumb it's dumb. And it's, yeah. What is yeah, what are we doing? <laughs> There's that I don't know, man, uh, But yeah, that's another thing that Rob just said as well. It's like you know, Billy Gunn doesn't really need much storyline excuse to want to get in there with Bullet Club Gold and the guns. No, no yeah, and the guns. So he could have gone that way, and it would have been slightly more logical instead of just teasing the inevitable all show. You know. Um, so. Uh, yeah, obviously, it's also very definitely worth noting as well that Jay White lines up MJF to hit him with a belt shot and Max Caster takes the bullet for him and MJF then kind of like warms towards Max Caster a bit. He does seem concerned and as we all just mentioned, the scissored at the end at the end of the show. So, um, yeah, man, a very uh, weird, a weird, weird, weird episode of Dynamite. It had a lot of comedy that got criticised. It had Tony Khan's announcement that got criticised, and in very on AEW fashion, it had multiple very flat matches. For the match of the night, unsurprisingly, by was Orange Cassidy versus Claudio. But I think the yeah. distance it was the best match on the show by was quite striking. You know, um, yeah. I'd go as far as to say that it was probably it was the only good match on the show, in my opinion. Um, yeah, like I said, in very on AEW fashion, the matches weren't that good. You can blame the crowd, can blame the agent, you can blame whoever you want for it. I just did not think that the matches were very much AEW dynamite standard for the most part. You know, um, that's not really on the plan. I do think the crowd is actually a big part of it, but still. Uh, a lot of heatless segments and stuff, a lot of weird segments, whether that's a Tony Khan announcement or Matt Jackson throwing a tantrum. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because there's just a lot of weird... Kind of, AEW is a weird place with me. I don't know what this fucking show is meant to be. You know, it's this weird mishmash of, like, comedy and skits 
and you know wrestling that now seems to have way too much like range you know like mm-hmm. i'm used to a certain level of aw the range has grown so wide now like sometimes you do get bad matches on like aw shows which is like weird um and then sometimes you'll have like match of the year contenders what we did on collision this past saturday you know um yeah so there's like a weird range that they've got uh, and like I said, all the skits and the comedy characters and all that sort of stuff. Um, the a lack of cohesiveness to build real care into these characters that you have on television. Um, obviously, a lot of people have mentioned all the the oldies. You know, all the old people getting so much time. And there's people like I know Daniel. If you've seen the Daniel Garcia spoilers from Rampage, well, I guess there's something to be excited about yeah. there. But it's like you know, it's kind of like about damn time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You can look at someone like Takeshita, beat Kenny Omega clean, pinned him twice in the space of a few weeks, and it's like now he's just like a background player. Um, yeah. You know, there's all kinds of things that I think are super, super valid criticism of AEW at the moment. So I think it's important as well as a fan to like not go over the top of it. It doesn't mean the company's dead, but it doesn't mean it also does mean that it doesn't look very super promising at the moment. Uh, don't think the company's going to close down or anything, but uh, I've said for a minute, WWE, when AEW first started, WWE was like actively scoring going goals, shooting themselves in the foot and making life even easier for AEW, even when AEW didn't necessarily ask for it. You know what I mean? Um, it was They were the alternative. They were the good guys. Tony Khan was the saviour of wrestling. Uh, you know, uh, all this good faith and goodwill and trust in the audience, no, trust from the audience and all these things. Everything was going for it in a positive perception point of view. And then, you know, slowly but surely, that has been kind of like chipped away at for numerous reasons, you know, just mm-hmm. chipped away and chipped away at. Some reasons have been fair, some reasons people have been a bit harsh or silly with, you know. And then also on the flip side, you're the number two, so you're you're always punching up anywhere. And that sometimes in, in the uh, circumstance when WWE was killing itself, that was a good thing, you know, to have, be like the cool alternative that isn't, you know, the the big industry corporate leader that does bullshit, you know, that's ran by this senile old man, Vince McMahon. Uh, you had this cool promotion. But obviously when Vince kind of got like, you know, when Vince got outed for all these sexual allegations, misconduct allegations and all that sort of stuff and he had to step away and Triple H took over, that perception of WWE being the straight-up bad guys slowly started to change. And obviously, people like people really do like Triple H, and obviously, they fondly remember NXT and all that stuff. And uh, Triple H and WWE have gone from the number one that is scoring own goals all the time and kind of giving AEW opportunities to have the positive perception and be the quote-unquote good guys. Then now they've now like steadied themselves. You know, to the point like, yeah, we can talk about the numbers business wise, and you know, they're the hot, the hot as the hot as fuck right now. You know, the the ticket sales are through the roof. the The ratings are pretty good. They've held strong. I know it's football season at the moment, and they're getting Raw's getting the shit kicked out of it. But um, you know, the business business wise, metrically wise, they're doing very well, except for the stock prices, which obviously has very little to do with wrestling reasons. Um, <laughs> 
And then uh, that just makes, when the number one is actually performing well, it just makes it harder for the number two. And when the number two then becomes a promotion that is scoring own goals and shooting itself in the foot, it makes it like brutal, you know? And that's where we're at right now. So I think it's more so like when I say AEW is fucked, it's not like they're going to go out of business, but it's like, I've been waiting basically all year for like this upward swing of momentum that I've been hoping from just coming around and have. And I think Wembley in that sense painted over quite a lot of the cracks. You know, it didn't really, because people could always, whenever you brought up a criticism of AEW or how well they're doing this year, people could always turn around, oh, well, they've sold 81,000 for Wembley, so they clearly ain't doing that bad. You know what I mean? And people would just deflect using the Wembley number and stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, now we're, at a weird, now we're at a really weird point where it seems like, you know, a lot of fans have kind of... A lot of fans are frustrated, man. And I get it, you know. Um, there's all kinds of reasons. I don't think anyone can... Blame, like I said, I, I mentioned about Jimmy Jacobs being scapegoated. I think that's kind of unfair. I think, even, I think it would even be unfair to just blame solely Tony Khan, even though it's his promotion and everything, you know. Obviously, he definitely takes the majority, you know, but... Um, there's all kinds of factors, man. There's WWE flying. That's an absolute. I think that's definitely a factor, perception-wise. There's obviously there's the Ric Flair thing, which you know, which is one of the smaller reasons. There's the lack of knowing what your identity is. There's the too many cooks in the kitchen when it comes to the writers and creative. There's top talents who haven't been showing up week in week out. Um, there's all kind of, obviously the CM Punk thing, um, you know, there's all, there's, there's all these things I could write a long, 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 long list, you know, and it doesn't mean that if you fix everything on the list, promotion will be amazing again, but there's just an accumulation of issues that a lot of people have been kind of ignoring that they're even there, you know, um, it's just, uh, I don't know, man. Yo, do you remember when? When like we started doing the well, not started doing these because we've been doing these. You remember when we were doing these and we used to come on here every Thursday, and just excited as fuck to talk about dynamite and what the fuck mm-hmm. we just watched the night before, bro. It's not too late to go back to that, bro. It's really not. It's really not. Dynamite used to have at least at least the two, three and a half to three and three quarter to two four four star matches a week. Sometimes even three. And now we, we struggle to find even one because we're too fucking busy running around doing who's going to be the Rock's partner this week segments. I don't give a fuck, bro. I don't care. I want, I watched, I started watching AEW to watch wrestling. I didn't start watching AEW to watch sports entertainment. I don't care, bro. You don't, I, I get that you're trying to build a fan base or whatever the fuck you're trying to do here, but you don't need the 2019 fans. You know what the raw 2019 fans were like? They were doing fucking Ranas and springboards and shit to dead silence. Do you want that? Mm. You want Ranas and shit to, to dead silence? That's what, I'm, oh. that's, the, that's what I'm saying about the identity, man. You need to make it clear. Look, we are a, we, we are the alternative where we can have international wrestling and five-star matches on TV randomly. and it's Because that was the vibes of early AEW. You get me? Uh, me and Ibu were talking about this on Wednesday or Monday, where it's like what you just mentioned, Rob, basically. It's like... I remember, I remember like waking up on Wednesday, like boom, Dynamite's gonna be fire yeah. tonight. You know what I mean? It's like this match is on or this match is on, like blah 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 blah, whatever it was, or 
you know, as Rob mentioned, you're going to get like three four-star matches potentially. You're going to get one of those is going to be like a fire Brian match. MJF is going to have a great back-to-back -back and forth promo battle with someone. Um, you know what I mean? And like, all these things. Like, the eight-man tags used to be fucking amazing. Yeah. Now they're just like comedy fucking, I don't care. I don't care. Stop. Please, I think stop. somewhere along the line, AEW is focused too much on being a competitor and not enough on being the alternative. And mm -hmm. they're falling into they're falling into this trap of trying to compete with WWE. And bro, as much as I have loved AEW over the years, you are never going to get there. Because WWE's been around for 40, 50 years or whatever the fuck. You're never going to be on the same level. So just Create the best product you can the way that is works best for you. Stop trying to be what they are because yeah. there's a reason people stopped watching. I think that's I think that's probably the best way I've seen someone put it. To be honest, is like they're trying. It feels like they're trying to be a WWE competitor right now when they work best as an alternative. Yeah. It's a that's probably the best way I've seen it, like, simply put in a sentence, to be honest. Um, it's not, it's not even, when they were at their best competing with WWE, what were they doing? What were they putting on? Wrestling. They beat Raw in 2021 with wrestling. Not sports and fucking entertainment. Nobody cares. Yeah, WWE do WWE, and WWE are doing WWE very well at the moment. You know, yeah. uh, their fans love it, regardless of what, like, the... AEW fans that are 50-50 that are still like, oh, not much has changed or whatever, regardless of what like the critics or the, the naysayers might say about WWE, their fan base is very happy with the product at the moment, mm -hmm. besides a few people being a bit frustrated with the overusage of the judgment there. Um, but for, for the most part, their audience is like over the moon these days, you know, um, with AEW. You know, you guys, you know, look at the chat today. You guys have been a part of it, you know. So, like, um, people, people are upset. People are disappointed. People are mad. People are just confused. People are wondering how did we get here. You know, it's a. Uh, it feels like a significant week for AEW. So hopefully they can turn it around. You know, hopefully they can. Uh, you know, um, but yeah, like I said, I think I think the way Charlie just put it, they've been spending too much time thinking about being a competitor and how they can compete and how they can do this. It's like, you know, look, we're, we're two, we're nearly two minutes, two hours thirty, and so I believe I could, we can kind of like trust the people in here. But like, you know, I've heard things over the recent months. Man, I'm not saying recent months. I've heard things in 2023 where like people high up in AEW were like wondering like about like. Oh, why does the bloodline work? And what you know what I mean? And that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like they're trying to pick apart like why the bloodline is so successful and stuff. And it's like, yeah, it's fair to do your business analysis and look at like the things that are successful in your industry. But having like full on like trying to pick apart like the bloodline and wondering why it works and stuff like that is like you're focusing too much on the other guys, bro. Like you again, Charlie's, you know, Charlie's eloquently put sentence about it you know stop trying to be a competitor and be more of an alternative and i know they kind of loosely mean similar things but um you guys know a lot to think that our audience knows exactly what you mean when you say that yeah. so <clears throat> 
don't know, man. So they, they, they do spend a lot of time this year, it seems, looking at what the other guys are doing and wondering, oh, why does this work for them and not for us? This is bullshit. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like a lot of that energy I've been getting from things that I've heard over this year. Um, when they're just best like, to focus on, focus on your own thing, man, because your own thing is what your fans want you to do, you know? WWE things, WWE things don't work in AEW because that's not what the core fan base wants to see. That's like, mm-hmm. you'll just keep shooting yourself in the foot by trying to shoehorn in this style of, like, entertainment that doesn't work with the people that come to your shows. Bro. So, I don't know, man. The biggest star in WWE right now currently Besides Cody Rhodes, LA Knight is a terrible professional wrestler. No, he's <laughs> not, man. Stop, he's not, he's not, he's, no, he's not. He's not like the worst in the promotion. That type, he's not like the worst in the promotion type shit. But he's, he's like, not even he's not bad. Like the best. He's not even bad, bro. LA Knight is not a bad worker. Like he throws good punches. He knows he does a nice DDT and a net breaker, and that. he isn't anything special. I'm, not, I'm probably not going to give really? one of his matches he's... four stars anytime soon. Uh, Unless okay, his I'll, Roman Reigns match is like a big spectacle, but like, say, like, I'll say this: like he's not no fucking Brian Danielson in the ring. No, of course, people not don't care. Either. People don't care because that's their audience. They don't care if you present yourself as wrestling. Wrestle. Yeah, yeah. So what about this? Very yeah. AEW was the in-ring promotion. Another example: Roddy Strong, bro. We talked about this earlier in the week. Oh my god! When Roddy signed with AEW, it's like. As as a Roddy fucking geek that has loved him throughout the years, even when he hasn't been used at the best, it's like seeing him finally go to the wrestling promotion, you know, the pro wrestling promotion. I'm going to watch Roddy have fucking four-star matches every other week or something. Bro, he's in a fucking... You, you guys know what Roddy's doing, do you know what I mean? Like, the Greeks are doing bro. better in the sports entertainment company than Roddy Strong is doing in the wrestling company. What the fuck yeah. is going on? I, I just... It's crazy, like, but... Uh, that, the reception the Creed's got on Raw, like, I saw a few clips, was fucking nuts. Like, they went over crazy. Everybody strong as being wheeled around in a wheelchair and shouting at him. Yeah, as, but for the point Rob was, it's like, I don't know, it's like, yeah, he's, he's a very, like, average... Solid, like someone said, he's got solid mm-hmm. fundamentals, but the way he constructs matches is pretty bad. Like, yeah. to, for the most part, to be fair, the way he constructs matches probably isn't him. Like, I doubt he agencies matches like that, but um, you know, he does have, he does have good fundamentals, but he's not like a blow away worker, you know, he's not a work rate fan kind of guy at all. You know, what I mean, I'd never, I'd never say that, but I do think a lot of people are kind of a uh, harsh on him as a worker because like, because he's because he's such a big star and he's not known for his work people are oh, but he's bad in ring he's like no he's not he's not bad in ring he's just whatever you know uh and his matches at the moment have a lot of heat because people fucking love him do you know what i mean he does a ddt the place comes up for it do you know what i mean or yeah. he does a few punches or stomps in the corner the crowd comes up for it so the matches themselves are, are somewhat entertaining you know but um mm-hmm. any whom's People, even though he's not a great worker and he's, he doesn't have these electric work rate matches, the people care about his matches because they care about him because of the way he's been presented and the way he's got himself over and the way he talks, blah, 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 blah. Crowd's established a connection with him. Whereas it feels like it's been a minute since something organically has happened like that in AEW, you know? Um, 
Ah, it's tough. Someone said he's no Andretti. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Oh, um, that's a good bit. That's a good bit. Oh, the, the yeah. STNA brought back Grado. Like, I think yeah. it is. Yeah. 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 AEW just need to figure out how to like, make their fans care about their characters without having to use skits and bad comedy, you know? Just let them wrestle, bro. And do like sports based stories and shit, you know. Bring back the rankings, I say. Bring back the fucking rankings, bro. Bring back the rankings. I'm gonna do an article. How do we fix AEW? And it's just me talking about <laughs> rankings for five thousand words. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, we'll do some super chats, and we're gonna wrap up because we have got a lot of super chats, and we are deep in and. Obviously, we've had a lot to unpack with this episode. Uh, you can't change reality, just your perception. One ninety nine, appreciate you. When it comes crashing down and it hurts inside, we'll not put it past him, brother. Nah, I probably would. He's a. Uh, I'd put it more past Hogan than Tony. Mm. I, I think I don't think Tony would like fuck Vince like that now. Um, but yeah, Wilchers and five dollars, appreciate you. Half of this show felt like it was booked before the show started. What? Well, you know, we're cooking. Will Chisholm Fold does appreciate it. I know it's about I know it's now bad since booking, but Tony do have Vincism Vincism in his booking lately. Yeah. Um maybe it's you know like what me and Charlie were talking about, like just kind of focusing too much on WWE, bro. You're watching them too hard, like stop. You should just ban himself. I wouldn't be against that. Oh, like Tony Khan has put himself on a ban from seeing any sort of WWE related content for the next six months. I'd be like, good. I'd be like, good. They're not doing. They're not doing. Well, they are doing some things better than y'all, but they're not doing way too much or a lot better than you niggas. The wrestling is on par. Like the singles matches they had on Raw and on SmackDown are on par. Some of the yeah, shit but they that's even that's wild, Rob. But the fact that yeah, like, WWE is in ring quality is even comparable to AEW's these days, which I genuinely think it is, to be honest. Um, I think AEW still has a higher ceiling for their singles matches because they'll let someone, they'll let like a Kenny MGF match happen f- for 30 minutes at the end of a show. Do you know what I mean? WWE still hasn't quite got to that point yet. But yeah. um, in terms of just having like good like three and a half star 10 minute matches on the TV. Like WWE is nailing that with Raw at the moment. So, um, and obviously, if you throw in a gun for total defense, which is a four star plus match, it's like you've got yourself, like, in terms of a cage match, like, rating when you just look at the card, it's like it's looking like a dynamite. Some of the Raws when yeah. you've got like three sevens and a, and a nine from Gunther or something on there, you know. So, um, man, I remember when. They used dynamite used to have nine minute bangers like that. Now we gotta now instead of nine minute bangers, we gotta watch fucking Max Caster. How was he gonna seduce MJF this week? <laughs> I'm fucking tired, bro. <sighs> but yeah, man. Wilches and Fourth Dollars, appreciate you. We got one young talent who had a great match with Kenny Omega one week and now he gets KO by Big Show who can't stand what the fuck Tony. But he sold the punch really fucking well. He's pretty good at that. He is a very he wore, good he, he wore a, Yeah, he wore, he wore a suit and he looked cool, you know. Yeah. Listen, bits. man. Kyle's being featured on TV on a week-to-week basis, even though his tag partner is injured. You have to take the wins where you get them. 
Call you can call them that if you want. Anyway, Will Chisholm. <laughs> oh, that was spiteful. <laughs> it's sad that WWE is trying to outshine AEW in the tag division. I don't think they're trying. I think they're just naturally... Honestly, this is how I also they the WWE tag division since it's got really good. I think mm-hmm. that the Usos became such big stars as part of the bloodline that they kind of had to have something. And duh, yeah. obviously, the tag titles being unified was a big deal at the time because you're unifying the tag belts and the BRK bro for them, I think it was. Um, who were obviously over as fuck at the time. So, like, the. The Usos being part of the Bloodline story elevated the tag titles just naturally, just from them being big stars, part of that big story. And as they, you could tell, like, leading a few months, like, leading up to Mania, like, probably a couple of pay-per-views before, it's like you could tell that they kind of had an idea that they wanted to do a big world title match on the um, on Mania for the tag belts. Yeah. Obviously, it ended up being Sammy and KO, which was... A beautiful match, genuinely one of my favourite matches I of the year. So, um, so you've got all that. Do you know what I mean? You've got these huge stars that are part of the biggest story in the company in years. Do you know what I mean? That are significant parts of it. And Sammy and KO beating the Usos was a significant thing. Yeah. I know a lot of people have said, oh, it was a consolation prize for Sammy. But yeah, it's not the world title, but I don't even really think that, like, you could have definitely told the story with Sammy beating Roman, but I think that would have left some holes for what Roman would have then went on to do with the Usos in terms of the Bloodline story mm-hmm. as a whole. I actually thought up until up until SummerSlam, they pretty much played the Bloodline story perfectly, except for uh, Cody not winning at Mania, you know. Um, but, you know, ever, ever, like I said, ever since Mania, a lot of momentum coming off that. You've got Sammy and KO have got the belts. Of course, they're going to have really good matches with the belts. So they're having all these matches with the belts. Um, the Usos are still together, and they're doing the Bloodline stuff with Roman and Solo, and they beat Roman and Solo on pay-per-view. So that's another good thing for the tag division. All, all this whilst you've got Imperium coming up, having tag matches all the time. You've got Alpha Academy on the show, having tag matches all the time. You've got New Day on the show, you know, you've got all these tag teams that are really good, you know what I mean? And they're just fucking, they're just wrestling. Well, you got the Judgment Day, who are like a main event group. So it's all just naturally came together. And now you're throwing in people like DIY, you're throwing in the Creeds, and it's like, fuck, the division's fire, bro, <laughs> you know? Um, yep. So I don't think, I don't think WWE tried to build the tag division just to outshine AEW. I think it's something that they naturally just did. You know, um, but that being said, it is it is wild to see how it's played out. They're know? so their tag division is yeah. so good right now on both shows that they could legitimately split the tag titles right now, and I don't think anybody would bat an eye. I think that's, yeah, I think that's a pretty I think that's a pretty fair assumption to be honest. I think that's a pretty fair assumption. Um, yeah, shout out, shout out, Raw, Raw especially SmackDown. Yeah. Well, you know, whatever. Look, it's not bad. I don't think at all. I don't. I don't think it's on the level of Raw. Well, that Raw tag division's absolutely fire at the moment. Um, Caden Lee four ninety nine. Appreciate it as always. I feel like AW has alienated the hardcore fan base that's been with them since day one. Lack of focus on wrestling now just disappointed. Um, yeah, man. Like I said, I've said, I've used this many times at nauseum throughout this podcast. But it's like Tony Khan knows what his core audience is, and he knows what they pop for, and he knows what they're going to turn the nose up at. So, some of the decisions lately are kind of uh, indefensible in that sense. Yeah. Yes. Dwight, <laughs> Rob, 
We're still on for massages uh, tomorrow night. Yo, Dwight, come on, bro. Yo, Dwight, bro, <laughs> deny the allegations, bro. Yo, Dwight, keep talking, keep running around talking about it's my business, what I do in my bedroom. That's great. Deny the allegations, bro. It said he was texting boys. You gonna say something? <laughs> yeah, he was on some. Uh, he was on some stuff, you know. Piers four ninety nine. Appreciate it. Rick Flair to AEW. A great role model. A great role model. A great locker room leader. A legend of the business. Styling and profiling. Welcome to the dub nature, boy. Don't know about that, Piers, mate. Um, Ricky Starks one ninety nine. Appreciate Ooh. it. At Dwight, can me and my Ibu join you and Rob? Rob looks That's very crazy. disappointed. Rob looks very disappointed. Brainbuster four ninety nine. Appreciate you. Today is my birthday, and what does TK get me? A predator. Incredible. Oh, Brainbuster, happy birthday, brother! Happy one birthday, of our man. one of our regulars. Um, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry for. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that, brother. You know, oh, hopefully, uh, I don't know. Jesus yo, God. yo, what, <laughs> yo, what is going on? I ain't even reading now. Yo, Ricky Starks, oh you, you got chill, you got chill out. You know, look, Ricky Starks. You know, I'll, you know, I'll play the game of reading your super chats out and stuff. But come on, mate, that's uh, I can't say that sentence out loud. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not reading that, bro. I can't cap. I'm not, I'm not this anyway. week. Wilchers and five dollars appreciate you. Tony really lost it when he lost that face to face to NXT and John Cena. Um, mm. oh, that definitely he definitely did have like a meltdown on Twitter and stuff over that. But like seeds were planted long before then, bro. That's like very yeah. recent. That was like two weeks ago, you know. <laughs> like, um, yeah, it was way before that, bro. Like, even, I feel like if you'd have won that, it'll probably be where it is right now. Which is in five dollars. I wonder if Mercedes Monet is really seeing how AEW is looking. Hmm. Mercedes is an enigma. I've said it from the sure. beginning. I think I, I genuinely think, unless Tony Khan has already got to put pen to paper, he probably isn't a hundred percent confident she's coming in either. Unless she's, like I said, unless she's already put pen to paper, because yeah. that's kind of the impression I've got of a lot of people like in the business about Mercedes, where it's kind of like. You know, you you ask about and people are like, "Fuck, I don't know what she's on, bro." Like, you know what I mean? Like, she's a uh, she's an enigma, bro. Like, who knows? You know. Um. Obviously, all signs do kind of point that she will show up at AEW at some point when she is cleared again and stuff. She may already be cleared. Who knows? But probably not. Um. But at the same time, it wouldn't surprise me if she just had a change of heart for not even for like a wrestling reason, bro. Just because. I don't know, some bullshit like the energies, you know, the energies and the spirits were off in AEW. So, like, like you know. retrograde again or whatever the fuck, like. Yeah, no, Mercedes is an enigma in that She's sense. a crit- Very girl. hard to predict. Very hard to predict. Like, yeah. I, like, I know that she had her issues with WWE, but I don't think people were actually, like, expecting her to just walk out of the promotion the way that she did, yeah. you know, and same with Trinity as well. Except for Trinity, you hear less things about her being, like, I don't want to say erratic. She's just unpredictable, Mercedes, is the impression. Yeah. You know, like, I've never spoke to her, you know, judging from the way that she talks to some fans and stuff, I don't think she'd want to talk to me, you know, but uh, 
she's she definitely comes across as an interesting, unpredictable character, even by people who most would assume are quite close to her. So, yeah, and have had conversations with her, who have even had conversations with her about what her next move will be, and have not been able to get a straight answer. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, like, she's yeah, she's interesting. She's interesting. Definitely a character. Will choose on four dollars. Do y'all remember Willow won the Owen? I do. And she beat Mercedes Monet. Also remember that. Because I don't think Tony Khan does. She's taken L after L. Yeah, they didn't capitalise on the early summer, I wanna say. When when did yeah. when was all the yeah, it was like early summer. It was like yeah, July um, time. They didn't really capitalise on that momentum with Willow because it seemed like they were just kind of they didn't want to put a belt on her, so it was like uh, yeah, because she uh, like sort of thing. Yeah, because she won the Owen, then she beat Monet, and then she did that. She had that fucking incredible match with Athena. Yeah, and it's just like yeah, squandered I'm momentum. I'm gonna be starting on Athena. Story of AEW. Yeah, I had a big rant about Athena. Was it last Thursday, Charlie? Yeah, yeah, it was. We went off on one. Custodian Lexis King, one and on appreciate it. If you want to see real wrestling, NXT on Tuesday. That's the second super chat to like, put over NXT like that. <laughs> I know the custodian's doing a bit, but still, it pops man. NXT, like, the way that NXT is like a show, but like a lot of fans like now. Uh, Lobo, MBS, Lobo, uh, excuse me, my bad, 499. TK saw the big men on his roster and chose Paul over Keith Lee. Also, storyline wise, why hasn't TK offered MJF help in getting his belt back? Dude, fair, fair dude, <laughs> Keith Lee is literally wasting away and graying, just sitting in the back playing with fucking Shane Taylor every week. Stop, I don't want to watch him. Can he play with War Hobbs and that? Oh, Keith, Keith Lee's position in AEW these days is uh it's, it's, time to come, it's time to come home, brother. Time to come home. Got a nice spot for you sitting on Mondays, right in the middle of the show. Listen, Rob, listen, Rob, listen to this, listen to this. I've got something for you. Keith Lee. TNA heavyweight champion. Oh my yo. The scenes when he's standing there. <laughs> TNA. I'm talking about the OG big blue TNA heavyweight title. Just, just standing there with it above his head. Yo. I cried. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm I'm so happy TNA is coming back, even if we only get like three weeks of bits out of it, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyway, Wilchers on $5. Last super chat, unless someone uh, sends another one whilst I'm doing the outro. $5. Uh, it's weird because WWE fans love Gunther matches. That's Triple H trying to get the fans to love wrestling. Uh, yeah, that's definitely been something he's tried to instill in the fan base since he took over. Like, uh, when he first took over, it was like really painfully obvious. Like, he even done it to a fault at times. Like, no, definitely to a fault at times where like matches were going like past 10 minutes all the time. There would be like an average, a very, very average tag match that will go like 18 minutes on Raw, you know? Yeah. And so Triple H was definitely trying to build an appreciation of the actual wrestling amongst the WWE fan base. And uh, I think, I think that has, I think it's worked to an extent. 
uh gunther is obviously a good example of this you know uh also i love what because because gunther's like because people respect him like he has like a fan appreciation in that sense yeah they'll still boo him because he's not likable do you know what i mean like he's not likable like obviously purposely because he's a heel but um they can appreciate his wrestling and stuff without like popping for him and stuff which uh wwe WWE fan base has been quite weird with that sort of stuff um, in recent years. So, yeah, man, Triple H has definitely tried to get the fans to focus a little bit more on wrestling. Gunther's a good example of that, and there's other good examples of that as well. Um, yeah, man, WWE audience isn't the obviously don't get don't get twisted. They still love the sports entertainment, and that, do you know what I mean? Like there was people in there was people in the live. The live audience on Monday that were absolutely like on Team Miz when he was in the room when he was in the ring with Gunther. Do you know what I mean? Some people think Gunther is like this boring whatever the fuck. Do you know what I mean? Because that's just the WWE universe, brother. But um, Gunther's good. <laughs> you know, sure Gunther's is. a good wrestler. So uh, and you, and, and AEW fans, you will never have him. Never, ever. I've actually, I've actually, since we, again, since we're like two hours forty-five in, I've heard Gunther genuinely like isn't a fan of AEW like at all. <laughs> <laughs> he does not like rate the promotion. That could be wrong, but uh, that is a little, a little thing I did here. Anyway, let's go. Let's wrap it up, man. We've done done the super chats. Appreciate everyone for sending the super chats. Make sure you please like the video. Need those likes in on this video, especially you know, need to give you three hours of analysis. <laughs> That's what we're gonna call it analysis, analysis of fair, valid critiques because that's what you get here on the Reflectorish channel. You know, when something's good, we're happy to come on here and sing and dance and fucking twerk and all those things. You know what I mean? Like, I was basically doing dabs like it was 2019 when TNA got announced the other day. <laughs> Uh, you know, and even with AEW, man, it's like Charlie literally just wrote a feature on MJF and fucking Kenny Omega, which is like fifteen hundred mm-hmm. words or something. So when it's good, we are more than happy to put over the product. We actively want to do so, you know. But we when it's bad, speaking of NXT, why is Briggs Jensen coming out to separate ways on on? Is this level up or something? Oh, bro, don't ignore all that stuff, man. The, the, the level up universe and the main event universe doesn't really correlate with like real right. NXT or main roster. So. We've, we've seen the sort of stuff they were putting on level up. Anyways, yes, my feature did come out today. Please read it. I'm quite proud of it. I think it was pretty good. Good shit, man. Charlie's, Charlie's feature is always. They always hit. They always hit. They're always a good read. They're always actually well thought out and stuff and Charlie does actually only write about stuff she actually gives a fuck about so that always helps that's and it always comes out uh, in her writing. Yeah, that's why they're not very consistent because I will write when I'm inspired. And man, it's it's been a summer. It so Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But yeah, everyone go check out the WrestleCruise website and you'll see Charlie's feature on Kenny Omega versus MGF. Um a lot of Kenny Omega and MGF on the on the site this week because we did got the match guide, and I think we used the of course we used the MGF Kenny Omega thumbnail for the results from Collision as well when we done that. So if you go on our page, you just see a load of Kenny and MGF. But it's good stuff. 
Charlie's feature, of course, top of the pile. Um, what else have we got? Tomorrow is Friday. Mm-hmm. And keep an eye on the Retapurious page to see what updates of uh, stuff we'll be doing over the weekend because I'm sure we've got some stuff. I know we're doing the watch longs and stuff again. Um, AO, hopefully, we can, hopefully, AO finds you smiling again. Everyone, please, yeah. if you see this and you've got the effort in you, send AO a nice message, you know, tweet him something, tweet, yes. tweet him a heart or something, you know, tweet. <laughs> Tweet him a picture of Kenny Omega with the world's title. Tweet tweet him a yeah. picture of the Young Bucks with the tag titles in their peak run in AEW. Tweet him. Tweet him. Brian Danielson making his AEW debut. You know, tweet him. You know the good times. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, just I Trying to find his smile again. He was supposed to be here, but, you know, we, we moved. Rob stepped up like a real chief. Um, Charlie, of course, as always, my my uh, my, my real co-host, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, a weird episode, man. We've kind of been all over the place because it's just been one of those episodes, especially with the super chats, to kind of do to kind of drag us all over the place when trying to talk yeah. about these things. But we do. We love it. We love it. We do like, we like talking about wrestling, uh, even when it's not amazing, because when a show happens and when stuff doesn't happen great for the promotion that you want to support, like AEW, as you can tell, we kind of find the funny side of it, because I thought mm-hmm. last night's episode was fucking hilarious. So. Yep. <laughs> I mean, genuinely, see, I was genuinely <laughs> though, after, after the Matt Jack, after I messaged you about the books match, mm-hmm. which is like, 30 minutes into the show, like I spent like the rest of the night just laughing my ass off. Um, it just got more and more ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, whether it was whether it was at the actual show itself, whether it was people reacting to the announcement, yeah. or even the way people were reacting to the Matt Jackson tantrum was making me laugh. Um, whether it was this, this, or that, or just people on Twitter just being hilarious, or Manny sending me hilarious DMs, Manny's comments on Paul White, you know, it was just. Hell of an episode, so even when the shows aren't good, I can still find enjoyment, you know, and uh, even in talking about them with my amazing friends, Rob and Charla. Um, yeah, I don't think we've got anything else to address. Any any closing statements from either of you? Um, AW's not dead. It might be soon if things don't change, but we'll still be here reviewing shows because, I don't know, I enjoy wrestling. And I hope my favourite company remembers they are a wrestling company eventually. And I'm going to full, I keep saying it, I'm going to full gear. I'm probably going to have the time of my life there. And after that, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. It's been a real weird year for AEW. Yeah. Um, Rob, any closing statements? NXT is good. AEW is pretty bad right now. Um, I am going to Raw in January. On January 22nd, we will be in the building at big Monday Night Raw. And I will, yes, I will 100% film myself doing the woe. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. Big Cody Rhodes will be in the building, so I will be in the building. Let's fucking go. Yeah, hopefully AEW kind of uh, bounces back from this perception battery that they've taken the past past 
for a minute, but the past week has been like one of the worst weeks that they've had ever, perception wise, I think. Yeah. Um, no, um, when I say one of the worst weeks, are, again, perception wise, I don't think they've had like the worst in ring week ever or done the worst angle ever or anything like that. Just perception wise, how the fans and core fan base and what you see on Twitter are currently feeling about AEW is genuinely one of the worst weeks they've ever had. So, um, We'll see if they go to the drawing board. Um, my prediction will be that they make. I think they'll make changes to like segments and stuff, but I don't think they'll make fundamental changes that need to be made. You know, it'll be more like, oh well, this we won't, we'll do this feud instead of this feud instead of like, you know, let's not get into it again anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. Shout out Charlie's feature. Shout out the rest of Pure's audience. Shout out all the super chats that we got. We appreciate you guys. We love you guys. You keep us going. The reason why we were able to do these. Um, please like and subscribe. We will be back over the weekend. And um, again, thanks for watching. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for joining me as always, Charlie and Rob. And uh, cool. yes, peace. Peace. <laughs>